It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Sadly, many people miss the rewards of God because they're always told what people can do for for you and set your mind on what you can do for somebody else and trust me if you start asking God and praying what can I do for somebody else it will not take him very long to show you we love being a media ministry using the media to share Christ we're trying to identify each other I'll go get your daughter for instance, television. This building that you see behind me represents... And you have been delivered from the judgment of sin. So that's once and for all. Uh, for him to come back and judge you for the same thing, sin, again, would violate something in our society. I think it's called the law of double jeopardy. It's where you've once been judged for the thing one time, you can never be judged for it again. You have been judged once and for all times for your sins. And Jesus did it as a favor to you. And I don't know why you ain't shouting right now because of what Jesus has already done for you. But you didn't deserve it and you didn't earn it. <laughs> and so all we've been, we've been delivered from judgment Say out loud, I've been delivered from the judgment. So what is judgment day going to be for people who've already been delivered from the judgment? It ain't going to be like you, you thought. Because he's not coming back, the Bible says, the second time to judge sin again. He's done it. My God, that's good news. Your sins have been judged. Your past and present and future sins have already been judged. When you made a decision to believe what Jesus did through his blood, they were judged. And if you'll believe it for the rest of your life, you will never again have to worry about going to heaven. Why be concerned about going somewhere where you're already seated? You're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to me? Praise God. He says we've been judged or delivered from judgment. We've been delivered from judgment. And notice what he did. We didn't do this either. We didn't earn it. He made us a partaker. Partaker of what? Not my righteousness. He made us a partaker of Christ's salvation. He made us a partaker of Christ's salvation. Now, if I've been made a partaker, partakers should be what? Partaking. All right, now why did he make me a partaker if there was nothing to partake? I've been made a partaker of what? Of Christ's salvation. Of what, 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 what is that salvation? He has, he has been made for me righteousness. He's, Christ has been made for me redemption. Christ has been made for me healing. Christ has been made for me holiness. Christ has been made for me deliverance. All of the finished works of Jesus Christ, he made them so that you could partake of everything he finished. Now, here's what you've got to understand. 
All the things you find yourself praying about and asking God to do for you, Jesus has already done for you. See, religion keeps telling you to try to get God to do for you. But under the covenant of grace, you come to recognize that he has done it for you. Mm. So you find out you got sickness. Oh, Lord, heal me, trying to get him to do. The attitude under the covenant of grace has got to be, he has done it. I'm healed. Healing has been provided. I can partake of provisions that have already been provided. They are the finished works of Jesus Christ. It is done. Now, here's what we've got to see now. As Christian people, we've got to understand how religion has put its claws in our life. We don't even see we're going the wrong way. For so long, we've heard it that one way, we've not bothered to go and look at what the Word really says. The Bible says that we are no longer under the law that came by Moses, but we are now under what? How many believe that you are under the dispensation of grace? You are no longer under the law. Question, when did you get under grace and out from under the law? The day, what happened? What day was that? The day you got born again, the day you got saved, you are no longer, the Amplified Bible says, you have no more intercourse with the law. Glory be to God. I am under grace. Say that. And not under the law. Okay, so you know what's been happening in religion. We got saved by grace, but we're still operating by the requirements of the law. You can't say I'm saved by grace and still be doing the requirements of the law. And so that's what's happening. You, you, you hear people say, um, uh, I am a, I'm a sinner. Watch this. That's, that's under, the, that's under the, the, the law. I'm a sinner. Now watch a mixed grace. Saved by grace. Either you are a sinner or you've been saved. Hallelujah. Say out loud, I've been saved by grace. I am no longer a sinner. I am the righteousness of God. But religion keeps telling you all those religious things, and you keep doing it. So under the law, the requirements of the law, under the law, when, you, when we live life under the law, the law is all about do something to get something. Under grace, it is about understanding that it is done, now receive it. Under the law, it is about you got to do something to get God's blessings. Under grace, it is about it's already done, blessings are available, receive. <laughs> you see this? The law is all about demands, 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 and you have to meet the requirements and you to, to, in order to, to supply those demands. And man is bankrupt. He could never meet the requirements of the law. It's demands, demands. Under grace, it's about supply, supply, supply. Under the law, it is about you working for God. Under grace, it is about God working for you. Under the law, it's about work, work, work. Under grace, it's about rest, rest, rest. Under the law, you work and God rests. 
under grace, you rest and God works. Are you seeing the difference? Now, what, what we've got to understand is everything we'll ever need for this life is done. Everybody say, it's done. All right, I'm going to call some things out. Healing. Deliverance. Prosperity. Soundness. Wholeness. Great marriage. Deliver children. Prosperity in every area. Peace. Joy. All right. Who did it? Is Jesus doing it or is it done? When did he do it? So if he did it, and now you're trying to do it, can you see the problem? If you really believe it, you wouldn't be trying to get him to do what he's already done. You follow me? Now, the scripture says, Christ, we can partake of what he's already done, but now he tells you, he tells you how? Through what? Through what? All right, so it's over here in the, the Bible says we've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians 1, 3. It's already settled. It is done. When he died on the cross, what did he say? He said three words. What? It is finished. What's finished? Healing's finished. Deliverance is finished. Prosperity is finished. Soundness is finished. It's finished. Everything you need for life is finished. That's why we call it the finished works of Jesus Christ. All right, now, it's done. Now, the issue with most Christians is is well, how come I don't have the manifestation of it done? It's done, but it's got to go through a tunnel, the tunnel that connects you from the finished works to the manifested works. It's called faith. It's just like going from New Jersey through the Lincoln Tunnel and ending up in Manhattan. Lord, have mercy. So healing is done. You just got to apprehend it from the Spirit and bring it where you are. It's not getting God to do it. It's God trying to get you to receive it. Now, the Amplified says something here that I don't, I don't have no problem with, but God gave me a revelation on this. He says you can get the finished works of Jesus Christ through your faith. Now, I agree it's your faith, but I had something happen to me this past week on Monday. Ooh, Jesus. And um, my, ah, I must have did it on vacation or something. I twisted my back and then pay no attention to it, and I'm doing this new full-body routine where you get these one-legged squats and go down so far that you wonder why in the why, why, why would you do that? And, and then come back up again, and then I got up the next morning, and it, it just was, it, my body wanted to, it was rebelling against me. And so I, I got out the car and, and uh, you know, 
people were just kind of like, well, you, you, uh, Reb, you all right? I said, oh, yeah, I'm healed. Praise God in Jesus' name. Well, they don't understand that. I say I'm healed, and they look at me like, hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Then I got back in the car, and, and, and I heard this as clear as you he, he listen to me right now. He said, hey, son, I want to show you something. Go ahead and do what you taught yesterday. I said, that sounds like a rebuke. <laughs> he said, but I want you to realize before you receive it that there is pain relief that has already been provided. Here's what I want you to do, though. I want you to say, I receive my pain relief through the faith of Jesus. I said, Lord, isn't it my faith that I receive it? He said, no. I want you to see that the faith I ask you to use to get the grace that I gave you, I not only gave you the grace, but I also provide you with my faith to get the job done. I said, Lord, where is that? Where is that? And, 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 and he said, Galatians, I mean, I saw where it was. I didn't have no Bible while I was driving, but Galatians chapter 2 and 20. He said, Romans chapter 12, I've already told you that you now live a life through the faith of Jesus Christ. Well, I did it. I opened my mouth up and I said, Father, I receive pain relief right now. Through the faith of Jesus Christ, I promise you in the name of Jesus, two, three seconds. One, two, three, bam, that pain left my back. And, and, and I was like, whoa. I said, whoo, Jesus. I said, Lord, what is this? What, what are you trying to show me? What and, you know, the devil's so funny. The accuser of the brethren, no matter what you make see, see happen in your life, he's going to always be talking to you. He said, that one Jesus, them supplements just kicked in. <laughs> I got to laughing. I said, no, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Now, I said, now, Lord, I, I know, I see it, I see it. Every now and then you'll go to questioning your faith. But he, it's not your faith. He said, I want you to take this, and I want you to teach it this weekend. It's not your faith. For all this time, you thought it was your faith. And whenever you're thinking it's your faith, you can see the weakness to it. You start wondering about it. You start questioning it. But I am telling you that this faith that is used to apprehend what grace has made available is not yours. Let me ask you something. Do you have faith in the faith of Jesus? Yeah. Do you trust the, the, the faith of Jesus? Yeah. All right, now look at Galatians chapter 2 and 20. What you say? What you say? That devil in trouble today, boy. When you say you do something by faith, your mouth has got to be involved. When you believe something, you speak it. And as you speak something, you demonstrate what you believe. Anytime you look at the finished works of Jesus Christ and you have not applied your mouth to it, then you've not received it. You have to say something to receive it. Or, or, or faith wasn't loosed. It wasn't released. Okay? Now, watch this. Uh, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless. All right, now watch this. How many of you believe you're crucified with Christ? All right, now where does that go to? It, 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 uh, it's just simple. Uh, let me see that handkerchief there. It's simple. I'm crucified with Christ. You can just get in that plastic. I'm crucified with Christ. That means you're in Christ, right? The day you got born again, you got in Christ. All right? So 
wherever this bucket goes, that handkerchief goes. Whatever this bucket experiences, the handkerchief experiences. Because the handkerchief is in the bucket. Mm. You are now in Christ Jesus. When he was crucified, you were crucified. When he died to sin, once you died to sin, once when you were res- he was resurrected from the dead, you were resurrected from the dead. When he sat down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, you sat down at God the Father. I'm, I'm telling you, the experiences of Jesus now becomes your experience. As he is in heaven, so are we in the earth. Amen? All right, now. I am crucified with Christ. Do you see that now? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. Now check this out. We've heard about us living in him. Yet not I, but now Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at the Amplified. Boy, that is good news, isn't it? That is. Not only did we get in him, but he got in us. Praise the Lord. The Amplified says, I have been crucified with Christ in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live now. I've been crucified. My life was crucified. But Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus lives in me. Now, if you say this at the grocery store, they're going to look at you crazy. I'm telling you, Jesus lives in you right now. I tell you, if you'll get an awareness that Jesus lives on the inside of you, devils will begin to tremble for a Christian who knows who's occupying them, who's living. There's a man living on the inside of you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll never forget when I went to Tennessee to take this MRI, and this big old picture came on the screen, and there was a bearded man that showed up on the screen. I saw it. Jeremy saw it. The doctor saw it. And I just started laughing, and I looked at the doctor, and I said, there's a man living in me. Glory be to God. <laughs> Glory to God. He lives in me. Say out loud, Jesus lives in me. Are you carrying the guilt of your past? Honey, I'm telling you that once you got in Christ Jesus, you are no longer under condemnation. You never have to struggle to be good enough again. Grace will teach you how to live righteous and godly. And one day you're going to believe that you are the righteousness of God. And from that root, you'll produce right behavior. You'll produce right action. Everything you need for your Christian journey is available to you and in this month's combo. In the three-message series, Overcoming Emotions, Creflo Dollar journeys with three people who triumphed through hardship and allowed the grace of God to restore their lives. Also included is Experiencing God's Best, a four-message series. Creflo Dollar explains what it truly means to be obedient to the faith as he proclaims the goodness of grace. You'll also receive Favor is on My Side, a two-message series that will prepare you to receive God's best for you. To help you boldly take hold of God's great gifts, No Fear Here is the mini-book that reveals why fear is from the devil. 
The Overcoming Emotions Combo is available today for your love gift of $35 or more. Or for a gift of any amount, we'll send you No Fear Here, a mini-book that sheds the light on the bondage of fear. The Overcoming Emotions Combo, available right now by calling or logging on to our website. My name is Sierra. I came to the church very young, um, as a preteen, I guess around preteen years. My father was addicted to crack cocaine most of my life. And so when my parents divorced, there was a void within my heart of not being fathered. I wasn't living a lifestyle that reflected the love of God. And so I was troubled. I fought all the time, um, gang affiliated, you know, carried razors in my mouth. I was this tough little tomboyish girl that loved to fight out of my own hurts and pains. But just sitting under that word over and over again, eventually it started piercing my heart. And I went from this aggressive person into this person that became very compassionate. Our team ministry, to me, I'm biased, is the greatest team ministry in the world. And so they empowered us to use our gifts and our talents for a kingdom business. And so being in team ministry, I remember God began to show me, even as a teenager, that I would, he would use me to impact this generation. As time went on, I went to college, and he just pulled all these different gifts out of me. And so I promised God, once I got born again, that I would use all my gifts to impact this next generation because I was a trouble team myself. I'm a recording artist and also a youth motivational speaker. I have a passion for young people. And so I have several programs which I go into schools. We basically break down the kingdom in a mainstream way um, and teach the young people what it means to be successful, what it means to walk in love, what it means to love yourself, what it means to love your peers, and what does it mean to avoid violence. I think religion has told us that we have to be a certain way, dress a certain way, speak a certain way, um, even dance a certain way to be a Christian. And so when they realize that God receives them and loves them as they are, they're almost shocked. I love doing it. I do it every day, 24 hours a day sometimes, but it's, it's my passion and I love doing it. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, God, you really transformed my life. No, it's not perfect, but even in the imperfections, your love cures all, your love covers all, and, and it just amazes me. And I just want everybody out there to know right now, you are enough for God. I'm going to say that one more time. You are enough for God. called the mouth, waiting on you to decree a thing. When the believers start believing, when the believers start trusting, there will be a demonstration, there will be a manifestation, there will be an acceleration like never before. On October 28th at 7 p.m. in Savannah, Georgia, Creflo and Jaffe invite you to the 2016 Change Experience. Say out loud that this is going to be like this. I am going to be successful. My children will serve the Lord. I will be prosperous in every way. 
I am happy. I am healthy. Decree a thing. It's the final change experience this year. Don't miss it. October 28th, 7 p.m. in Savannah, Georgia. Be there. If you're looking for a church home and want to stay connected to Creflo Dollar Ministries, join us at a World Changers Fellowship Church in your area. Visit us online at CreflodollarMinistries.org. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends. Your love and financial support makes it possible to bring this message into billions of homes all across the globe. Hey, I'm Bishop Greg Davis, and I'm sitting in the Word Network's crown chair. That's right. So many people have visited the Word Network, and they have shown interest in the crown chair. Well, our CEO and founder has made it available to you. All you have to do is dial the number on the screen. We'll tell you how you can pick it up, or either we'll ship it to you for your home, for your office, even for your church pastors. Call the number on the screen, and we're going to get you the crown chair for your home or your church. We'll get it to you. I'm Bishop Greg Davis, and I'm sitting in the crown chair. We want to get it to you. I believe that everyone has an opportunity to hear the voice of God. And it may be a direct voice, a heavenly voice. Want a way to enjoy the Word Network anytime, anywhere? You can by downloading the new Word app and taking us with you. Stream your favorite shows or catch the ones you missed. Share the Word blog with your friends on Facebook or Twitter. And enjoy a daily Bible plan you can read or listen to. Stay connected to the latest ministry, music, entertainment, and more 24-7 by downloading the Word app. Or go to thewordnetwork.org for more information. Gospel tells you to bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. That's in the gospel. We are your undisputed source for all things gospel. We are the Word Network. Bless you, indeed, and shalom, beloved ones. Join me as we go on a journey together, discovering how the writings of the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament connect. Shalom, indeed, and God bless you, beloved ones. Thank you for tuning in today to this edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We are in the midst of a series entitled, Discovering How the Hebrew Bible and the New Testaments Connect. This is part number three. You can get the entire series on our website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com, or by calling the 800 number at the end of the broadcast. Beloved, as Christians, we often refer to the first part of our Bible as the Old Testament. But the traditional Jewish community does not refer to their Bible as the Old Testament. They refer to it as the Tanakh. I began to talk about that on last week's broadcast. In the Hebrew alphabet, there are no vowels. There are just consonants. So in the word Tanakh, we have the three consonants, the T sound, 
the N sound, and the K or the H sound. And then what we do in the Hebrew language is because we don't have vowel letters, we have accent markings that will put above or beneath the consonants that will tell us how that consonant is pronounced. In other words, what vowel sound will be attached to it. But the word Tanakh, which is the Jewish way of opportunity. Somebody say, I'm coming out with something. I'm coming out with something. I learned something in October. I learned something in November. I learned something in December. So I'm going back to January, and I'm going to remember how God blessed me, how God gave me joy in January, and faith in February, and mercy in May. And he, and he worked on my attitude in April. And in March, he, I don't know what anything else that starts with an M, but I'm not leaving this year without carrying something out of it. And I love this part that what could have been rock bottom became their stepping stone. Please help me preach that sermon. Please help me preach that sermon. I could have drowned in the waters, but God drove them back. And now I'm walking on what was sent. I got some on my shoulder I'm carrying out. And see, everything taught me something this year. That's how you leave 2015 with no regrets. It's that, it's that the thing that appeared to be rock bottom actually becomes a stepping stone. So it's not that I would have chosen it. But since I can't change it. I might as well step on it. See? And there's a whole lot of things that happened to me that that I wouldn't have wanted to have to walk on. But I didn't I, I didn't accept Christ and I didn't sign up to follow him just to get through. I need a faith that gets over. I need a faith that gets over. It wasn't that God brought them through the Jordan. It's that he brought them over the Jordan. There's a difference. There's a difference. That, that ark had a cherubim on one side, cherubim on the other side. And God said, I'll meet you between those cherubim above the ark. Above it. So I want to celebrate tonight. Yeah. Not just that I got through it, but that I got over it. I I want God to help me with this because he hit me uh, during worship to tell me that when I get to this specific point, there is something that you keep tripping over. In your life, memory, addiction, and uh, I'd love to say that tonight, as you cross over into new land, that that thing is going to leave you alone forever. I would love to say that. Don't clap because I can't tell you that. 
you remember when Jesus, uh, he healed this man that was lying on the mat? And after he healed him, he didn't let the man do away with his mat. He just let him pick it up and carry it over The thing that used to hold you is still here, but it doesn't hold you anymore because you're not under it. You're over it. If you have this kind of faith, if you have something in your life that you keep tripping over, I want you to stand up on your feet, stand up on your feet. Something you've been tripping over, something you've been tripping over. All right, all right. Now, when I say three... When I say three, what I want you to do is symbolic. It's symbolic. You don't have to do it. But if you got something that you've been tripping over, that God has called you to triumph over, you do it just like God told me. He told me to tell you that when I say three, pick your foot up and put it down. And when I say three and you pick your foot up and put it down, come on, on every campus. This is for Matthews. This is for Lake Norman. This is for Blakeney. This is for Toronto. This is online. You might be watching this on your iPhone. I don't care what your, what your uh, grandma thinks about it in the other room. It doesn't even matter because this moment is for you. There's something in your life you've been stumbling over. It's been a stumbling block to you, but it's about to become a stepping stone. Watch this. When I say three, only if you have faith, pick your foot up and put it down. When I say three and shout, I'm over it. On three. One, two, three. I'm over it. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Hold on. This time I want you to get that thing on your mind. You know the thing that you can't tell your neighbor about. The personal thing. The thing that almost became your deathbed this year. That thought pattern. That attraction. That proclivity. That thing, all right? You got it? You got it? Now on three, pick your foot up and put it down and shout, I'm over. One, two, three. We need a third time to do it. Good things happen in three. Now this time, I want you to consider in Hebrews chapter 2, where it said that God took everything and put it under Jesus' feet. I want you to remember how that Ark of the Covenant represents Jesus with divinity underneath gold, with humanity underneath gold, with humanity underneath divinity. And I want you to realize that he's raised you up I'm over it. 
But uh, but tonight's the night. That you're crossing over in your mind to know that God has brought me to this point and I got 12 stones and I got all these reasons and all this foundation. Come up and help me, Ben. I'm closing. We got nine minutes till the new year comes in. We're going to do it right in the transition. Come on, I said we got nine minutes till we cross over. We only got nine minutes to point back. He said, here's the the plan. Here's the plan. Joshua said, one day you're going to have some children. And uh, they're going to see these stones. It says that Joshua took the stones up out of the middle of the Jordan and set them up at the place where they camped tonight. So they got to the other side. And they set up everything that they got out of the middle of the Jordan. And they took it to the other side, and he set it up. Now, it's interesting, because he set it up not in a heap, but in a circle. Because crossing over from doubt to belief isn't something you just do one time. So, i got to look forward. Stand between, carry out, get over and point back. Not just one time, but I got to do it again tomorrow. I got to look forward and stand between and carry out and get over and point back. Because Joshua said, one day you're going to have some children. And the children are going to see these stones. Can I share this with you? This really touched me for us going into a new year. I got three kids now, and I realize that in many ways my faith is their foundation. And um, when they cross over into their adulthood, they're, they're not even teenagers yet, but I'm already thinking about what they'll see when they get there. Now, Joshua said, when your children see these stones, they're going to ask you, what does it mean? What does it mean? And so Joshua said, look at Joshua 4, verse 22. Everybody shout hello. He said, when they ask you, what does this mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. That's it. That's all you need to tell them. Is this significant? Think of all the things that they could have told them about what they went through before they crossed over. All the things that they could have said about all of the years that they spent in the wilderness. The, the problem with some of us is we're more familiar with the details of our wilderness than the details of our deliverance. So when I ask you about your year, what are you going to memorialize? Are you going to memorialize your misery or your miracles? 
other side. How about on the other side? If you choose this year, the pain you went through, stay on this side. But if you'll set up 12 stones and say, you know what? Everything I've been through this year, you don't even need to hear about it. Here's what you need to know.
and look forward to 2016 and tell 2016 hello from the other side. Now watch this. I got one minute and 23 seconds. You're not facing the Jordan anymore. Now you're facing Jericho. Jesus already brought me through the Jordan. He already saved me. He already redeemed me. He already stood in the middle as my high priest. He already hung in the middle of two bees on a cross. And he hung in the middle and stood between and sprinkled the blood of his mercy. So now I'm looking at Jericho. And I'm telling Jericho, just like God cut off those waters at the Jordan, whatever battle is next, I need you to know, 2016, that I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the Jordan. And I'm going to be blessed in Jericho. If you're blessed, then you know it. You know, transitions are anything but easy, but they're guaranteed it's a part of life. I can guarantee you that you're going through some kind of transition in your life right now. We all are, as you're going from full house to empty nest, um, being a, a married adult to a parent, maybe being single to married, maybe you want to go from single to married. I don't know what your situation is right now, but I can guarantee you that you're dealing with change. Now, it's not the change you deal with, it's how you deal with it that determines the level of victory that you experience. And I believe God is calling you to cross over into complete victory, into something new and amazing, and this is your season to do it, and I want to help you. So we're going to send you the full series, Keys to Crossing Over, with your gift of any amount to the ministry. These are some of the missing keys that you've been needing to grow to understand what faith looks like in transition, and to come to a deeper knowledge of the life that God has called you to live, not somebody else, but the specific purpose he has in mind for you. Messages like, hello from the other side, don't skip dessert, the one thing you can't win without, and he took the manna off the menu. Now, as you give to this ministry, you're also helping us change lives. So for a gift of any amount, you pray and you seek see what God would have you to give, we're going to send this to you as our investment in your future. So don't wait. Make a difference today. Invest in yourself and the lives of other people all over the world. Keys to crossing over. We're moving. We're, we're moving from death to life. We're moving from darkness to light. We're moving from defeat to victory tonight. Somebody's crossing over from shame to grace tonight. Somebody's moving from fear to faith tonight. Jump up on your feet. Somebody's moving from sorrow to joy tonight. Now is your time to move, to cross over from your fear, your shame, and your sorrow into the grace and victory God has waiting for you. For your gift of any amount, we will send you keys to crossing over on DVD. This five-message series will show you what faith looks like in transition and how to cross over into the greater things God has for you. And to get the full experience, ask for the Keys to Crossing Over collection for your gift of $100 or more. 
The collection includes the DVD series, Pastor Stephen's brand new book, Unqualified, a commemorative key necklace, and Faith That Fight, a video set on USB. Call the number on your screen, visit us online at stephenfurtick.com, or text the word CROSSOVER to the number 
Yeah, something big, yeah, yeah. It's about 
Stingray music. All good vibes. Come on, let's put our hands together and let's welcome to the Rock Church of Virginia Beach. Come on, put your hands together all the way from Long Island, New York. Let's hear it for Pastor Donnie McCorkin. Somebody give Jesus praise, Come on, give Jesus praise,
morning. Oh, she's online. She's on point this morning. Ooh. Yes, yeah, the last hurrah. I figured I'd make sure the phone's charged. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Well, and wonderful. Good to hear your voice, Lisa. Oh, thank you. You sound so energetic, full of life. That's so nice. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The God of protection is here. Thank you, Lord God. That's what I need right now. <laughs> you, you need him to protect you from yourself or somebody else. I, I need to protect <laughs> you from myself and somebody else. Oh. Oh. How's the school year going so far? Oh, I had to lay them out yesterday. Oh, oh boy. In a meeting, the power was that be. Oh, okay. They said I was teaching too hard and too much. All you're doing is to teach us the scientific method, and Sam knows this also. Well, you do too, because you've done research that. You know, only seven steps in the scientific method, and so, you know, I'm identifying my independent Bible, I'm defending the Bible, teaching kids how to do it. Oh, you're teaching too much. I say, excuse me, I got a pacing guide that I should have had this done by the 26th of this month. And so, therefore, we're still not done with measurements and instrumentation and things of that nature. So how am I teaching too much if you know the scientific process? You know that there are seven steps you got to be taught, What you're going to teach one, one section a week. You can't teach, you know. Make an observation a whole week. Come on, <laughs> you know it's just too much. I'm like, have you taught science? No, I don't know how to teach science. I said, well, how can you tell me I'm teaching too hard? You have to let them know. Shoot. They always have. Yo, I'm talking about. They always have something to say. You know, always got something to say. They lay the rules. They they pace the stuff, and then when you do it, you know, because they don't want parents complaining. They don't want Pookie's mama coming up there saying, oh, you know, it's too much, and he's coming home stressed out, and all of this garbage, and I bet you Pookie coming home watching TV or playing video games for 12 hours as soon as he hits the door. But I did it so cute. I really did. And I said, um, now you talk science? No, I don't know how to teach science, so how can you tell me I'm teaching too hard? I talk this here. I taught AP biology, so what, are, what in the world are you talking about? And got qualified scores, so what are you talking about? Huh? I say it's so important that we, we recognize our lane. I don't tell you how to teach English. I don't tell you how to teach social studies. I don't tell you how to teach math, which they do have me teaching math. So you have me teaching math and science because the math teacher is not producing any scores. He only got a 5% increase gain on, 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 in the math out of the whole school. So, therefore, you you fall. You fail. Wow. Man, I tell you, you know, I was about the enemy is trying to come again and come, come against me this week. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so sick. I'm good. Look ahead. Well, it sounds like you you might want to open us up in some prayer then. Oh, most definitely. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, it's once again that we assemble ourselves together, Lord God, 
as prayer-shifting ministry members, Lord God, to seek your face, to seek your will, to seek your way, to seek your glory, Lord God, to seek your protection, your hands of protection over our lives. We thank you, O God, for this brand-new day, this brand-new mercies that you give us. Each and every day, Lord God, you give us brand-new mercies, Lord. We thank you, O Heavenly Father, that these are not recycled blessings, Lord God, or grace and mercy, but they're brand-new, Lord God, Everything. Father God, we leave behind those things that that happened on yesterday, Lord God. We look for the presence, Lord God, that your presence will be for the future, Lord God, and for this present time, that your hands of protection will be over our over us this day. Father, we ask you to cover us with your blood, Lord God. We ask you to bind up the attack of the hand of the enemy. Anything that will get us off our mark to keep us from being to dwelling in your secret place in your tabernacle, Lord God. We ask you to send it back to the pits of hell, Lord God. Serve the devil notice, Lord God, in the name of Jesus that this is your child, that we are your children, Lord God, that your hands of protection and your covering is over us, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we are able to dwell under the shelter of your mighty wings, Lord God, and that no weapons formed against us, Lord God, will be able to prosper. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us life, Lord God, and life everlasting, Lord, that is promised in the eternal heavens, Lord God, through Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross for our sins. Father God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, Lord God, purge us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, anything that is not of you, Lord God, or anything that take our eyes from you, any distractions, Lord God. God, we ask you to cast them back to the pits of hell from which they have risen. Father God, we ask you to anoint this call afresh, Lord God, that we may be able to praise your holy name, be able to serve you with gladness, with truth, with, with honesty, with sincerity, Lord, that you have already defeated the devil, Lord God, when you gave us our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross for our sins, Lord God. He took all of our cares, all our woes, all our sickness, all depressions, anything that that tried to keep us from worshiping and praising you, he took them and nailed them to the cross, Lord God. His blood is upon our heads, Lord God, so therefore we just praise you, Lord God, that we have been covered by the blood of Jesus, Lord God. You have washed us clean, God. You have purged us with the blood Lord God. You have purged us with hyssop, Lord God. We have been restored, renewed, and refreshed and rejuvenated, Lord God, and we thank you for this day. Father God, I ask you right now, right in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you are not the messengers who will bring the messenger this morning, Lord God, and all those who will stand in the gap and pray, Lord God. We ask you to cover them with your with your grace and your mercy. Give them the words to say and let them not be their own. Father God, we ask that even in the workplace, Lord God, this will be a place of peace, Lord God, that we will be able to do the job that you have given us and appointed for us to do. Father God, let us do it with not without worry, Lord God, without fear, but let us do it with gladness because we know that you have already given us the victory. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for covering our families, Lord God, our households, Lord God, even as we slept, Lord Lord God, you was making preparations of how we are to go about this day. So we ask Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Oh, okay. He probably hit one of those country road spots. 
Mm-hmm. He probably still going too. <laughs> Sorry, I had a drop call. We prayed. Oh. I'm sorry, I had a drop call. Father God, we prayed that you would line up our desires and our steps, Lord God, with your will and your way. Order our steps in your word, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that we would be that our prayers would be heard from you in heaven doors, Lord God. You will send your angels to a camp around us and build up a a hands of protection around us. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the opportunity to pray, Lord God. And we know that all our prayers are being heard and being answered in your appointed time. Anoint Lisa right now, Lord God, that she will just teach the word, Lord God, that you have given to her to speak to us, Lord God. And let us have receptive ears and receive that which she has to say. Father God, even as I pray, I lift up those who are unsaved, that they too could draw near to you, Lord God, so, so they could be covered in protected, Lord God, in, that, in these trying times, Lord God, and that all of their sins will be cast as far as the east is from the west. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Samuel, did you already do a prayer this morning, sir? Nope. you like to do one now? Whatever you want, moderator. Yes, please. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Borande Sheshir Gasandraka Borande Shandir Gose Garero Kobaka Father God, we praise your name. We glorify you, Lord. It's your spirit. The spirit of God that makes a difference. Mm. You know, my brother was talking about the scientific procedure as far as science is concerned. And that there are specific rules and guidelines according to how to go from a thought to an actual fact. There's an observation. There's a hypothesis, which is an educated guess. It's been a while since I've been through it. Then there's procedures. But you, you go through specific steps until this is, becomes an absolute law or a fact. And it's called the scientific method. And if you do that, that means it has been proven that if I do these two, if I do this particular thing this particular way, then I'm going to get this end game result. If I take two atoms of hydrogen, mix one atom of oxygen, I'm going to produce water. Why would the God of the heavens and the earth set up specific rules and regulations in the natural? And not have specific rules and regulations in the spirit. 
it would not make any sense. But the key is... the word of God in order for him to reveal to us his spiritual method. How did the scientific method come about? Before there was a scientific method, how did it come about? It came through revelation and man wrote it down. So why do we think that there's not specific rules and regulations and guidelines in the spiritual arena? There are, but the Holy Spirit has to reveal them to you, and that's what we miss. And the only way the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you is for you to become in contact with him, to learn. He will train you how to walk accordingly. He will train you how to do things specifically. Now, this is a beautiful thing, though. The method in order for you to get to the spirit realm will be slightly different from the way that I will get into the spirit realm. But the principles will be the same. Even on this call, we go through a certain procedure. We open up in prayer. We create an atmosphere in order for the Holy Ghost to come. That's what the praise and the worship and the prayers are about. And when in creating an atmosphere, we avail ourselves. We will go through various prayers. But bottom line is we avail ourselves to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that will teach you how to go about the spiritual arena. See, and that's the difference when him teaching you and Satan teaches you is two different things. Both of them will teach you. It's just when the Holy Spirit teaches you, he's teaching you and protecting you because he recognizes there's danger in the spiritual arena. We're all comprised of spirits. We're spiritual beings. We we have the side of us that is drawn to the spiritual nature. We can't deny it if we want to. That's why certain things attract us, because we're spiritual beings. But God knows that I want to take you into the spiritual arena to draw you closer to me. Satan wants to take you into the spiritual arena to steal, kill, and destroy. So Holy Spirit, teach us today. Now, why did he say today? Because today he is going to begin to give you specific directions about how to tap into him. How to release the power of God in your life. How to go down into the spiritual arena to bring those things out from the spiritual into the natural. All of this requires work. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Oh, you just jumping up. No, 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 no. God will train you. He will take you from where you're at. But there's diligence. There's work involved. There's submission, there's humbleness, and there's periods of just plain dry stagnation when you feel like, I don't know who, what, where, why, when, but you still got to stand. You still got to trust. You still got to let God be God. And see, again, it's so many things, and you know why God takes us through these processes, the processes of submission and humbling, and even to the point that you come to a point that you just don't know? It's in his word. He says, no flesh is going to glory in my presence. 
See, the Holy Spirit is the one that will begin to link the Word of God up for you so you can walk in the revelation that is needed. And he has such a great desire to do such, but it's us who get in the way. It's us who try to walk in the ways of the world. It's us who try to walk in our own understanding. It's us who try to walk in the things that we know that we've been taught, which really is according to God is not the process that he wants you to go through. So he allows you to stumble and fall and hit your head till you come to a point that you realize, Lord, I don't know. Till you come to a point that you truly desire for something better than what you got. Till you come to a point that you say, God, and not in jealousy, but I see such and such doing these things. I need such and such doing these things. Lord, can I do that? And he'll say, yes, you can, because, see, God is no respected person. I am nobody special. I'll tell you that in a heartbeat. And even yesterday, as we were reading about servant and friend, how do you go from a believer to a servant and friend? He says, you are my friend because you do what I tell you to do. Then he chooses who to bring up to the next level. In other words, you've been obedient, you've been diligent, and you have passed the necessary test to go to the next level. I ain't no special. I'm not special. I'm not special. Matter of fact, I want somebody to come do what I'm doing. I want somebody to come take my place. I truly do. Because I understand the work that's involved. And if you will truly submit and let God train you, not me, but God train you, if you will truly submit and open and veil yourself up, if you will truly say, yes, Lord, and just pour out yourself and say, God, come on in, but better yet, if you will just say, Lord, will you teach me? Will you pour me out? Will you give me what's needed? Because, Lord, I, 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 see the, I see the need, but I don't know how to get there. But, Lord, I just come inside of me and teach me. And you just begin to allow God to do such a mighty work in your life. You, too, can flow in the gifts and the callings of God. He's not trying to keep you from walking him. You just can't walk in him in you. He's not trying to keep you from talking in tongues. It's just your own head and your blockages that are keeping you from doing it. He wants the more gifts you have. The, see, he's all about producing fruit for his kingdom. He's all about an uh, in-game result. But, see, his in-game result, not in-game result, a lot of times... Are not lying. See, that's another problem. See, again, there there are certain rules and regulations that God has to teach you in order to be able to walk in the spiritual arena. And just as Lisa said, in order for you to have favor, you first must have wisdom. Ooh, ooh, ooh. See, it's all in the Word. But see, when we first come to God, we're reading the Word. And it, it sounds like a good story, and we might get a bits and pieces or here and there. But it's only through application over a period of time that it begins to become real to you. After you've tried and you stood and you begin to get a greater understanding. See, it's only the processes, and that makes you shed yourself of you. It makes you shed yourself of your flesh. And then, see, that's why he says you got to decrease so that he can increase. See, all that's in the Word. Do you see the processes? It's right exactly what he's talking about, the spiritual law, the spiritual, the, the scientific law. You got the spiritual laws, but God is the one that has to hook these things up as you avail yourself, as you allow him to train you. 
He's not trying to hold nothing back. He wants you to have, mm, mm, mm. Do you recognize when he sees us being defeated, getting beat up, being sick, being broke? He doesn't like that. But he said on the cross, it is finished. He's done everything that he needs to in order to allow you to gain access to what he's done. If you choose through ignorance, doubt, unbelief, or whatever it is to walk in lack, it's a choice that you have made consciously or subconsciously, and it is keeping you from receiving the blessings, the inheritance. Do you know what inheritance means? It's something that is given to you that you did not work for. It's because of a relationship. Because you've got a relationship. You are a joint heir with Christ. You have a relationship where he wants to give you these things, but you walk in you, and then you, you talk yourself out of it. The enemy talks you out of it, however it occurs, and you walk around sick, beat up, deflated. And it's not what God intended. So Holy Spirit, we're asking today, and Lord, I'm 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 asking today, Father. I'm asking today, Lord. However you choose to manifest on this line today, however you choose to show up in somebody's life today, however you choose to anoint, to move, to make a I'm asking that you do it today, Lord, in in the way that you desire to be done. In Jesus' holy name it is so. Amen. 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 Is that thank you? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. 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 Okay, so that was cool for thought. Um, we're talking. You know what? So we've been talking about purpose for the last month and some change. That's been the topic of our reading. And, uh, wow. And... Just in, you know, I've I've been in a position where on the call, um, because of different things that I've been doing in the morning, I have been doing a lot of listening, a lot more hanging out in the background and listening on the call. And I'm just hearing that 
that that that people are in we, many of us on the call are in similar stages. May not be the exact same circumstance, may not be the exact same situation, but we are in similar places in terms of uh, realizing or uh, 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 um, answering calls and figuring out how how to walk in those callings and oh, how can I say this in a place where we are learning how to do so and how to listen to God and how to get ourselves out of our own way so that we can do what it is that we need to do. And I'm also noticing as I hang out on you what a difficult challenge that can be for all of us to remove ourselves and to let the things happen that are supposed to happen. And there are so many reasons why why that is. You know, fear is a big deal. Meaning that um, fear of, of relinquishing control, fear of doing things differently from the way that we've always done them, fear of change, fear of of making the change that will allow God to just come in and operate the way that he needs to operate because of the protection that we feel that we have doing things our way, the way that we've always done them, the way that we've convinced ourselves is the correct way, even though it's the way that is not working or the way that has not worked. Isn't it interesting? how we can convince ourselves that the way that we do things is the right way and we should keep doing it that way, even when it when it hasn't worked, even when we're in the same position that we've been in for years, decades, scores of years, and we still convince ourselves that that's the right way to do it, and we convince ourselves that it's God's will and this is how he wants us to do things and all that. So that's something else that, as I said, I'm noticing hanging out on me um, again that so many of us are in the same place and that we kind of all face similar challenges when it comes to becoming unstuck and moving forward into our assignments and into our, our various callings and destinies. Um, and that is directly tied into our purpose because we know that purpose um, is, is 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 linked to destiny. Hey, Lisa. And yes, I want to ask you a question. Ooh. And I'm 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 coming from my background and pretty much me. Okay, because uh-huh. you you said that we're doing something that has not worked. 
Okay. So now, and I'm coming from from me and my experiences, okay? Mm-hmm. What's the barometer to say whether or not something, how do you know if something's working or not? Well, this, and, and this is just, you know, in my own understanding, what do I know? But to me, if there's no growth, it's not working. Okay, no. well, now, wait a minute. Now, you see, because that, that, that's very key. Okay, and, uh-huh. and, and I'm, I'm going back because you said a very key word, if there's no growth. So now, mm-hmm. growth in what area or arena or are we looking for growth? Or are we look, Again, what's our end game result? I don't want to cut you off. No, go ahead. Okay. But see, that's, that's what I've been talking about all this time, is you have to establish an in-game result. You know, it's like when I talk about, when I say establish, I mean be clear on what that is. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like success. And, we, you know, talking about success, and we've been saying this for a year now. You know, it, 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 it we... When we say, oh, I want to be successful, I want to be successful, and all of the, you know, the top motivational speakers, guru, everybody says that you have to define what success is to you. And success for every person is, is not the same. It's not a one-size-fits-all. We have to figure out what our individual purpose is, what is our individual goal, not what everybody else says it should be for us, or what is it for for each other, oh, I'm sorry, what is it for ourselves, you know? And that's where the communion comes in. That's where the the interaction with God comes in with the Spirit to tell you, look, hey, man, you know, this is your particular goal. Just like with, with students, each student, you know, you kind of have an overall goal of achievement. Like, you know, nobody, the goal is never to go backward or stay the same. The goal is to advance and go forward. But for each particular child, depending upon what their um, what their abilities are, where their deficiencies may lie, and so forth. You know, you set those individual goals. So our goals, our successes, our growth is depending upon where we are, and which is why I always say you have to know where you are right now. You have to, in order to put, um, you know, in order for your GPS to work, mm. you have to put in. It has to know your current location. If the, the GPS system doesn't know where you are, how in goodness name can you get you to where you're going because it has to start where you are. And so that's why I always say that we have to define success for ourselves. We have to define that growth for ourselves by knowing where we are. So for me, a person who, you know, growing up was very confused about what love was um, because it just was so freaking dysfunctional. You know, I wasn't clear and wasn't sure about what it was. So for me now to be in a position where I'm very, very clear on what it is, I am very, very clear on what it takes to be, um, you know, I've always known what it takes to be a good wife. I just saw some strange things. But to get my point, um, for me now to be in the place that I'm in now, that's growth. That's success for me. Whereas maybe for someone who grew up in a more a functional household with fewer issues, maybe that's something that they saw all the time. So that wasn't an issue. But for them, it could have been a self-confidence issue. So, you know, for instance, 
I'm going to give you a bit. See, I work in concrete examples and metaphor. Um, my daughter, Maya, you know, she used to be, uh, act like she was a mute. She wouldn't talk like, she's very intelligent, very highly intelligent, beautiful young girl. But whatever it was that was up with her, I don't know if it was like, you know, her weight thing, you know, because my her my daughter, Marissa, and I, you know, we look very differently than her. Her hair texture is different. Our body type is different. You know, she has, she takes on the body type of her dad's, um, her dad's mom's side of the family, and they're all obese. So she's, you know, got some weight on her and stuff. And, so, and she's dark skin. You know, she's dark and she looks totally different from Marissa and I. And so she saw that and it affected her and it tore my heart to pieces all the time. And she, um, so she wouldn't do things. She's very talented, very talented, but she would not do things to self-confidence self But the other day, just the other day, I saw her listening to music and she, she started to create a routine for, to do in the talent show when we have the school talent night. For her, that's a big deal. For her to get up and, and dance and sing and all this stuff, it, I was in tears because for her, that's huge. For some kids like me, you know, like her sister, that would have been nothing. That's what we do naturally. But for her to do that, there's a big freaking deal. So that's success for her, whereas it may not be for other people. You know, so so in answer to you, this is a lengthy um, response to your question, but I just have to put some concrete examples out there. Um, and, of course, there are more examples spiritually for somebody who would never, 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 never even acknowledge the existence of God. You know, let's say for a person like that to go to being an evangelist or to go, you know, even if it's not that extreme, to start to, you know, let's say being on the usher board at church or or um, to be an armor bearer or to facilitate Bible class. That's success and that's growth for that person. So, again, it depends upon where you are and, and what your specific end game is that has been designed for you. You know, um, and the reason I asked that is because I can remember when we did the mastermind and you all asked a question about, I forget specifically what it was, but bottom line, you all had all these spiritual ideas and answers and stuff, and mine was very, very straight and materialistic. I need money, I need this. And the reason that I'm saying that because, and going back to transformation, you know, we have an idea, and this is why it's important that we submit and yield to the Holy Spirit. We have an idea of what we want or what we desire, but we always need to avail ourselves to God because he knows who he really formed us to be. And as we, okay, so now, in that process of, you know, I end game results. Cause look, Lord knows, I, 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 you couldn't have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Even now, I'm, I struggle. I like, really got, you know, but he has me doing it. But see, he knew where he was trying to get me to be. So now he didn't even tell me all of that. But he just started feeding me what was necessary. So I got to say, for example, I went to 
letter Z at this particular part of the game, but then there's a whole nother game. But in the process, he would kept transforming me to what he desired me to be, not what I desired to be. Because bottom line, what I wanted, I just wanted some money and some wealth. And I recognize that, you know, through the word of God that you can gain prosperity. So that's what attracted and drew me to it. I didn't know he was setting me up for all this other stuff. So so that's so well so even in in what you were saying, we always need to open ourselves up to God, what is it that you want me to be? What is it that you desire? What what is it that and not even so much what what is it that you desire me to learn from this situation or circumstance? Because that's pretty much all I was doing. I was, okay, what do I need to learn from this? What what is it in this thing that I'm dealing with that I need to learn from? Then when it was over, then he took me to another situation. What do I need to learn from? And, and that's what he does. And he'll begin to transform you step by step to getting you to where he desires you to be. But see, if we're just so so caught up in us again, what did I say earlier? Our ways are not his ways. I understand is not his understanding. And then if we're truly formed to be something, but yet and still we don't end up doing it, then we're, we're walking and we're missing something. We're missing something or we're fighting against something. You know. So it's, it's a lot that we need to even, even in the process of our, what we value success as being, what we think we need to learn. We always need to open up and say, God, what is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to see? So he can begin to gently or however he needs to put you on the path and to lead you to where he wants you to go. And then, too, we got to get out of the land of always looking for a shortcut. Oh, please, girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, our, that's one of our biggest things. We're always looking for a shortcut. And when we take a shortcut, we also cut ourselves short. <laughs> I like <Really>? that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's. You're right. Everything is about the lesson. It really is. Everything is about the lesson. That's what school is, right? You don't just start school one day and then graduate the next. It's Come on, all, all the lessons in between. Because if that happens, then you don't know anything. How are you going to be prepared for what comes next? Without all the lessons, that's where the grades come from. That's mm-hmm. how you're able to score on the test. You know, it's the information. It's mm. the information. You have to receive the information. And then not only do you have to receive the information, but you have to show and prove that you mm. comprehend it and that you can correctly apply it before you're even allowed to go on to the next step, the next grade, the next, you know, whatever. Because mm-hmm. you know what, as, as you- you say that it makes me think. Okay, let's be real. How many of us study for a test just to remember? It, then after the test was done, a couple of weeks later, we don't know what the hell it was. <laughs> hmm? I mean, like, both my hands. It's like Whoa. I was just trying to do that. <laughs> you know, and and, and see that, and, and we it's like a, in certain classes I might have done that, but in certain classes like when you know, my major was science. I had to know this. I had it, so it took a lot more study and effort than for me, like to go to humanities and remember this, 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 this that, right. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and see, that's 
thing about it too. I mean, we'll 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 see. We'll try to just memorize the word of God, and I know it's yeah, really. And that's why I always use appliance. It's a whole other thing when you got to know that you know that you know. And the only way that you know according to God is after you've been tried and been through the fire regarding that specific, again, lesson or thing that you needed to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So things to stay with you longer once you let it marinate, work within, and bake thin, it has a lot more lasting results. So then would that be one of the reasons God will let us stew in something, let us sit, let us not get results that we desire? Yeah, we talked about this, was it, last week? You, take your, you can take your toughest kind of meat in order to make it palatable. you got to let it stew in order for it to soften up and be able to uh, make it edible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes, you know, we, oh, well, well, sometimes we, um, you know, we, we, it's like with school, you know, we can always assimilate this stuff to school and lessons. Sometimes we have to spend longer on something. You know, I know for me, main idea in detail and drawing conclusions, those skills for students. Um, are very difficult skills, especially in the younger years. So oftentimes we have to spend longer on it, and then we have to come back and keep revisiting it because it'll take, you know, for some students it takes two or three times to keep going back to revisit that before they kind of get it. And so, you know, it's the same thing. He'll let us sit in it for a while and then come out, Okay, still don't get it, huh? Still doing the same old stuff, huh? Okay, let's go back. And then we'll go back for a reteach as many times as it takes. Because contrary to uh, contrary to public school, God don't just move you along. It really is no left, no child left behind, for real. And he's not going to elevate you. And he's not mm. going to move you along until you, until you get it he's, because he's not going to set you up to fail. So, so it, it's, you're not going to get pushed along. You're not going to be, what, what is all that rocking? You know, he's not, he's not going to um, move you along. You know, he's not going to have you, you know, 15 and 6th grade. You know, that's not, you know, you're not going to get moved along. You're going to sit right where you are. Or if he does move you and he sees that you you haven't gotten it yet, whatever it is, if he sees that, you are back. He's going to pull your butt back. You're going right back to third grade. Congratulations. That's just and how then, it works. And then, too, he has all the time because he is uh controller of time. It's just that in our mind, we don't want to take the time to let it marinate, so we can get, we can push the one half something at the snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. And then when we get a little knowledge, we think we know everything, and then we wind up bouncing into walls, and then we try to figure out, well, how come I keep bouncing in the wall? 
Oh, they said, I heard. Okay, but did you go back to research it to make sure that it was true? We make a whole lot of things a lot more harder on ourselves. And then sometimes we're even set up as bait to get the attention of other people. But now, doesn't all of this sound, just as Arthur was talking about it before, about the scientific laws, doesn't all this sound like process, like specific things that happen in order for you to go to the next level? Exactly. So, I mean, so again, this is what children of God need to come to the understanding that there are specific ways that God deals with us in order for us to increase. It's not just happenstance. And one one thing Lisa said that we need to understand, is, which is vitally true, until you, until you pass, he won't let you to the next level, but the devil will accelerate you when you're oh not Oh, my God. He, he ain't got no problem about you having money. And I'm going to just say this because it's a field that we're all aware of. A lot of energy. You know, a lot of athletes, oh, I ain't got no problem giving them money because they're going to kill themselves and a whole lot of other people going to follow them. So, yeah, he'll give them money. He'll give them wealth. And I'm just pointing to that industry because it's just easy. But that's in anything. So whereas God will hold you back and let you stew until you learn, because he has no problem about you having money and blessings and prosperity, but he has a problem when they have you. Anytime. Anything above him, he got a problem with it, and you know, and, and rightfully so. But but again, the flip the script. The enemy will gladly give you this to get you to come more and more, which he knows is going to pull you away from the kingdom of heaven. So again, all these are, are processes, ways that things operate in the spiritual arena. Right. And see, the thing that he does, when the devil does give you all those material things, we get so overwhelmed, but then we try to figure out, well, how come I got to be into this? Well, I got to be into that. Then they look on to how other people treated it, which they really are wrestling with themselves. Oh, well, since I got, since I'm up to this status, I'm supposed to act like this. I'm supposed to, and nothing ever was written that you're supposed to be acting that pompous. Are that arrogant? Are that prideful? But then, too, just like um, they had on, um, on on the television yesterday was um, old child stars and what they've gone through. And a couple of them had said that, you know, for being in the industry, they were set up for sale. They had these kids and had these kids' parents having these kids living in the moment. They had to live. Somebody saw how they can make money off of them. But when they could no longer make money on them, they tossed them over to the side. And just like with the athletes, you have so many years within this sport. Now, how you handle it, that's another story. But if you're not looking ahead at the bigger picture, who you no longer can do this or they no longer want that look, what are you going to do? 
Sorry, y'all. I was trying to. I can't find my book. Help a little. But you know what? I was. Excuse me. I was um. I've been on this. This is uh. I don't want to say roll. Maybe that is the word. You know, just this thing where I realize and I'm learning a lot of things. Excuse me about life and this thing that we're doing here. And uh, I can't find my book. How am I supposed to read without my book? I have so many in my room. There's stuff, you know, because I'm prepared. I've been going through my garage and you know going through everything. And see this. See what I mean? This is directly related to what <laughs> what we've been talking about for the past few months. Um, walking in your purpose is see how everything is relatable. It truly is. But walking in my purpose, walking in my God-given destiny and calling with this school, I had to, in preparation for that, I had to go through everything, pretty much everything that I own. I had to clean out the garage, you know, go through when I left the school, excuse me, when I left the school, I just took everything, you know, I grabbed my my books and I grabbed my um all of my materials, all, you know, just everything that was mine. And it was in the garage, but it was, but it was, um, kind of, you know, I didn't have time to straighten it out, or I didn't have time to put everything in, you know, all right, all of these on one box or tote, all these. No, I just had to hurry up and get some stuff, and I just wanted out. Like, I just wanted to be gone. So I did that, and so now, you know, we're talking about process. We're talking about steps. With that, I am now having to to um, go through everything because you know there's materials that I need for the school for the children at the school, and I already have so much of what I need. I really didn't have to go out and buy a whole whole lot. But in order to catch what I'm saying, y'all. Catch, catch this. I already had so many things down there in the garage from when I went to the school and even some things in my closet and so forth that are that I needed so I already had them. But but I had to go through everything. I had to sort through everything. I had to do sort of a spring cleaning. There it is. We're talking about that. To get to the things that I needed for this specific purpose, and not only did I have to do that, but that process required categorizing and sorting which things, you know, could help with this, which things could help with that, with that age group, whatever. And then because I am in a new season of my life and because I have been elevated 
to this extent. I had to throw out some stuff. I could not continue to be a pack rat and continue to keep everything I had carrying around old clothes from place to place, carrying around old books from place to place, all the old papers from 25 years ago. Like, why do I still have this? Holding on to stuff, I had to let it go. And before I looked up, I had half a garage done. I had to, once I started letting go and throwing away a whole bunch of stuff that was not needed, that was creating, creating clutter, once I relinquished that stuff and just threw it out, it was done. You know, it was over with. It was over with. It was over with. And so, um, it just, you know, it, it has everything to do with what we're talking about, about process. Because I even have to go through a process of of cleaning and organizing to get the most out of what I already had. And so we have to do the same thing. We'll walk, and I said this, but that, I, oh, my God, I was just telling my parents last night. We are all walking around with a million-dollar check in our pocket. There is not a person created who does not have a purpose. There is not a person created who does not have an assignment. There is not a person created who has not been given gifts, talents, and abilities. So we're all walking around with a million dollars in our pockets. The only difference between somebody who's successful and who isn't, somebody experiencing growth and who isn't, is the fact that we got to know that we got that check in our pockets. A lot of us don't even know that it's there. And then once you figure it out, let's say you go in your pocket to get some gun or to get your license or to get whatever, oh, my God, there's a million-dollar check. Well, the check doesn't mean anything if we don't take it to the bank and cash it. If you never deposit the check, if you never cash the check, then it means nothing, nothing. Nothing, because the worst, the worst happens, the benefit happens once it's put into a form. Right now, you can actually do something with it. Now you can actually make some purchases, pay some bills, um, you know, acquire things with it. And so that's all part of the process. It's the, you know, I'm glad I could talk about the scientific method this morning because there is a beginning and there is an end. That's step one, step two, step three, step four, four, five, six, and seven. You know, I always say that, and I put this up on my post on Facebook, revelation, decision, follow-through. That's a very simplified form. But it's, you know, revelation, realizing, being shown, seeing that which needs to be done, that which is for you, what your, your purpose is. But, it can't stop there because G.I. Joe said no one has half the bottom. That's like our knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. That's what, that's, that, I mean, that's, okay. So, so you know, right? You have the information. Cool. I can tell a child, you know, two times two is four all day long. And that's cool. But at a certain point, I can't be there to tell the child two times two is four. I got to give you a piece of paper that says two times equals blank. And that child, if, if he doesn't remember it, 
or if he doesn't memorize it, he's got to know how to learn how to arrive at that answer, whether it's drawing circles, whether it's drawing six squares, stars, whatever, and putting them, you know, in groups and then counting them up, however it needs to go. The child is going to have to be able to do it on his own at a certain point, his or her own. So revelation, then the decision. You have to make the decision that you are going to walk in accordance with what you're supposed to be walking in. The information and the revelation is just fine, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it. That's a conscious decision that has to be made. I am going to do this. I am going to serve God. I am going to do right by my family. I am going to be the best person that I can. I am going to whatever. Okay, cool. So now you've said it. You've made this decision, or at least it, you've said it. All right, so that that's good. That's good. You have the information. Ooh, I need to act on this information. You know, the decision to act on the information that you've been given. Oh, my goodness. I know that this building is on fire. It's burning. I smell the smoke. I smell the smoke. Hmm. Trouble. But now we have to follow through. So what you want to do now that you know the building is on fire? You could know the building's on fire and still sit your behind right there and burn the heck up. You got to follow through on what you know now. You got to follow through on the fact that you know that you're supposed to be starting a school or the fact that you know you're supposed to be, um, you know, elevated into whatever it is, whether it's ministry or whether it's just, um, you know, a, 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 a loosening, loosening of the flesh or um Sunday, being a Sunday school teacher or starting, I don't know, a business or being a better parent, being a better spouse, a son, daughter, um, you know, standing up for civil rights, whatever, I don't know, a trillion things, whatever it is. Now that you know, what are you going to do with it? And that, that right there, the follow-through, it's the most important part because that's the action. None of the other stuff means anything. The thing has to be completed. The blessing comes in the completion of the cycle. You gotta move and follow through. That is the manifestation of the faith that we say that we have, the trust that we say that we have. It's the follow through. It's the movement. It's the movement. It's the movement. It's the movement. Without the step out and without the movement, the cycle's not complete. And so we're just sitting on a check that will never have any value if we never deposit the check or cash it. It means nothing. Because can I tell you a secret? Whoever wrote that check is still going to have your money if you never deposit it. There is never a transfer. So whoever wrote it is still sitting up there with your stuff. Your blessings are never realized without the process being complete, without the cycle being complete, because the lesson can never be finished without the follow-through. Damn. Don't know where that came from. Totally. 
not written down. What's the importance of completing something? Can I just start and start at it and you know not finish it or get can I get my blessing and I haven't completed something? What's the importance of completing? Well, I mean you can have little blessings along the way. You know, as 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 you are in the process of completing because you know there's the macro process and then there's the micro process. So you can have little lessons all the way through. You know, when you receive little blessings, okay, we've got this little mini hurdle, mini hurdle, mini hurdle, right? Because, you know, when just like when you run the um, track, you know, you can, you know how you have the hurdles, the hurdles, the hurdles, but just because you jump over the little hurdles don't mean you win the race. <laughs> it's kind of like that. I mean, it's great that you jump, you manage to get over that hurdle and your foot didn't get caught up. You didn't fall or knock that thing down. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you're going to win the race. The lesson is in the completion of the It has to come full circle. Mm. It has to come full circle. You know, just like, all right, so I start with my own self since I'm most familiar with my own business, my own situation. You know, like with the school, we're talking about the school since stuff happened at my job. And it was really nice. You know, we talked about it and got my mind right and my attitude adjusted to where it should be and all of that, right? And and so um, we start the journey, all right, talking about it, you know, this is what needs to be done, how we're going to get to is the strategy, you know, we're going to have a summer program that maybe some of those children will be our students. We gotta have and, you know, you got this whole plan. And and we did little things, right? We had the summer program. And we did end up with some of those. We advertised not a lot, but a little bit for the school. I, you know, we went about finding our call mail and found out, you know, what do I need to do to be a, a tax exempt if that's the, the route that I choose to go. Um you know, how my cousin Stephanie told me where I could find really good books for the kids. Um, I went about, you know, finding the facility. I did everything I was supposed to do, right, in order to set this up. But can I tell you something? Or can I ask you a question? Both, I guess. Would it really have mattered if the doors never opened? Would it really have mattered if the doors never opened? Because I can even go so far as to have that set up with Johnny's name on it, little pencil case thing for him to put his stuff in, right? I can arrange to have lunch served. I can have volunteers. i got a volunteer sheet right in front of my face, right here, a volunteer sheet. I can do the lessons. I can do a handbook, make sure we're in compliance with the state, have all the parents trans, you know, get transferred. We can do all of that. If the doors never open, there is no completion. There is no school. You've got to carry it all the way out in order for the true purpose to be fulfilled. It has to be just, isn't that what Jesus did? What if he had got all the way to the God of Gethsemane and was like, you know what? 
I ain't doing this. This is some nonsense. I don't have to do this. He came. He did the teaching. He did. He got the homies. You know, he got the disciples. He walked around. He did the miracles. All that. All that stuff. All that stuff that he was supposed to do. But none of it would have been nothing if he did not carry it all the way through right on to the mountain. I mean, right on to, um, what was it, Golgotha? I think it was called. Yes. If he hadn't carried it all the way through, that stuff would have been cool. It was because the people still would have been healed. The miracle still would have gone forth. People still needed him. You know, he still changed life. He was a revolutionary. A revolutionary is just a person who changes things from the way that they were drastically in a bold move. That's what a revolutionary does. So he still was a revolutionary. But the purpose, the true purpose and calling on his life for which he came here never would have been realized if, if the cross had not happened. So it is tantamount that things go full circle and things are, 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 are carried out. You know, it's like sacrificing for something and never reaping the benefits of the sacrifice. You know, you sacrifice something, you know, let's say, you know, you, you, you um, I don't know, in, in a relationship, right? You're, you're, there's somebody that you want or a marriage, I don't know, whatever. That's probably because I know somebody in this position uh, right now with our marriage. But, um, you know, you sacrifice and you go through all this stuff and you, you know, um, you deal with the person through, you know, unemployment and, you know, passing, people passing away and, you know, kind of, you know, illness and all this other type of stuff. And you go through all of that and you never reap the benefit. You go through 30 years of hell, 40 years of hell, just to be like, you know what, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like, wow, okay. So it's important to carry things out full circle because that's, you know, in the best way, again, that I can think of to explain it is, you know, just because you clear all the hurdles don't mean you're going to win the race. You got to win the race. You got to keep going and go through the finish line. You don't stop at the last hurdle right after you jump in. Just stop running and just stop and watch all the other people who run around you. How tired of people while they run around you as they cross the finish line? No, you boy got to keep going. That's what I was saying. There anything else, young people? <laughs> Comments, questions, ideas, or thoughts about my impromptu statement? No? Okay. Well, because I know, I know my book is in the room somewhere. I know it is. Driving me insane. We can go ahead and do. We can go ahead and do testimonies now. Does anybody have a testimony? If you get a sign in any, to recognize or just to share something that God has done for you, 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 you. 
Anybody? Anybody? Oh, wow. No testimony? Okay. Well, I'll say I'll start with one. Um, that's my tea downstairs. My testimony is just that, you know, things are moving along. You know, the school is my life right now and everything associated with it, but it's not just school. There's so many things, there's so many lives that are being changed in connection with school uh, that do not necessarily, I mean, I'm talking about parents and extended family members. So it's not necessarily, because obviously the parents aren't going to school, but Family, family members, children, um, mom, you know, single mom, um, who are who not only recognize but who have the desire for some of them who have a desire for the first time to do more and to do better, and who are for the first time for some of them who really believe that things can change for them and that they can have and do better. And so I keep thinking, Sam, about what you were saying that one day when you prayed for me, when you were saying that um, um, oh, let's take a tip, sorry. That you remember you were saying that, that it's there's going to be branches, things that branch out from this, things that branch out from the school. You are absolutely right. There's so many things, so many people's lives that are changing, and there's some big, we're doing big things. And I'm I'm just different. Like, I'm just different. I'm, I'm learning so much by recognizing that sometimes it's not your time and sometimes you got to let other people step up. You know, even though the truth of the matter is, you know, because they keep saying your school, your school. I'm like, no, our school, not my school, not my school, our school, village, our school, friends, sounding like Barney or Elmo. But I really truly recognize that you can't do things in isolation. And so I'm constantly, you know, deflecting back to people know because of you this is possible. Because of you, I'm just a little touch crazy. You know, I just don't really have some fears that maybe some others have just because of, you know, the way my life has been. So if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. I said that has worked for my good and my detriment. But without everyone pitching, you know, I said this at our parent meeting the other night. And this goes, and I'm bringing this up because this is for all of us, for life in general, even for the prayer call. If everybody doesn't do their part and everybody doesn't pitch in, things are not possible. Sam, otherwise he'd be sitting on the phone by himself every day. If we don't call in and if we don't share, or let's say we call in and just sit on mute and nobody ever says anything, and after a while, he's going to stop doing the call. It's about everybody coming in as the village, as the community, 
as members of the body to do and contribute the way that they're supposed to, even though some days, you know, people got a, a, a hundred. Some days people may only have 10 or 20%, but at least we give. And so it's not man. And I told I told someone last night, I said, you all think that, that I'm doing something for you? No, you're doing far more for me than I could ever do for you. Because what you all have done is restored my faith in humanity because it wasn't there. It wasn't there. You all have have humbled me and 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 have shown me what can be done when people really put their minds to something and sacrifice the the sacrifice that people will make. Because a lot of these parents make it, some of them don't have a job at all. You got grandparents on Social Security paying tuition. You got people who make seven, eight dollars an hour who pick up another part-time seven or eight dollar an hour job to pay tuition because they want their kids to do and be better than they. You know, you have some folks who don't have a job at all who are in school using tuition money, grant money, to pay tuition. And so I told her, I said, "Do you understand what this, what you're, what you all are doing for me, and how you are feeding me, how you are feeding my soul and my spirit by watching you sacrifice?" I said, "Because now I know that there is no reason and there is no excuse for me never to do anything that I want to do." So this thing, Sam, um, and the rest of you all. It walk. So what am I saying? I'm getting. I'm about to like throw this book through this window right quick. Walking in obedience, walking in your calling, has it. Ha, I don't want to even use the word benefit. It has ramifications. It has uh, results or whatever. I can't even just consequences. Usually a negative conversation, but walking in, in your purpose yields things that you can never even imagine. It's so much more than just you know that thing starting the business or you know um, a better relationship or you know growth on your job or or advancement here or there. It's way deeper than that. When you are walking in obedience, it radiates. Outward, and it affects so many things, so many things. And when it's done right, and you're really, really doing it authentically, other people will be blessed. That's why it's so important for us to be obedient, because other people's blessings lie in our obedience. Other people's freedom may lie in our obedience. The chains of other folks being broken lie in our obedience because our purpose and our destiny is not for us. It's for other folks. Our struggle is not for us. It's for for other folks so that they can see what we do as we struggle so they will know how to get through things. And that's what I'm learning from this. And that's the blessing in my testimony.
anyone have anything they'd like to say? Testimonies? Comments? Amen. <laughs> what? 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 We say amen. I just said amen to what you said. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Are there any other testimonies? Anything anybody likes to share? Now is the time. You know, even if it's not a testimony, if you have something that you think will help other people on the line, if you have heard something this week that you think could be helpful and encouraging, if you have like a, a um, you know, it could be a poem, it could be anything. It, now is the time to add to the, the soup, to add to the pot of soup things that you think will make the soup taste better. Okay? Alright, add into the soup. Alrighty. Hey, my testimony is I was found to be filled with grace and favor to wake up this morning and all my and all my abilities to move around and to maneuver through the day is working. All right. 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 All I mean, I mean, if you think about it, some the first part of conception is sales, is sales generating themselves, yeah. and as they get more into generating themselves, then they branch off and they take on different roles. Mm. And just in the part of a flower or plant, okay, it's going to first build up the cells to build up that stem or that trunk. Uh-huh. Now, where, that, where now what where, where branches out on those individual branches is going to be something different. Uh-huh. So out of that, you're going to mature. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. And when you mature, you mature into different things. But it's just down to the point we have to remember to stay in our lane and also to stay humble. Mm. And just like, you know, we get so attached to material things, but you got to think back. What did people do before the stuff was invented? We came together more. We helped out each other more. But for these things that's invented to make our life easier, it's also making our lives more separated. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to a seclusion because, oh, well, you know, I got this, I got that. Okay, well, hey, I'm good. Well, no, you're not because if this stuff ever should break down on you, where's your communication skills that you were born with in order to communicate to somebody else? Uh. Uh. So for where you may uh. think you got the latest and greatest, you think you may have all the money in the world, if that should go ahead and be snatched from you, where will you be? 
Who will you believe in? Where is your faith going? It was something I've seen a long time ago, and it was about this man. He loved reading. And every time he tried to sit down and read a book, something something or someone always came up to interfere. Well, the end of the world had came. And he found himself locked, you know, trapped inside of a library. Now, to see that how much he loved to read books, you would thought that he was trapped in his own book of heaven. So really was the tale. Because when now he figures, oh, now I got all the time to read and I'm in the company of all these books. Okay, he went to go take off his glasses to clean them. He dropped them and he wound up by accident stepping on them. So now what was clearly his heaven is now his hell because he doesn't have his glasses to help him see in order to read. But we got to get out of our own little personalized heaven that we made up. It's not the ones that was intended for us. And step out and interact with each other. Okay, I'm Any more testimonies, anybody? Sorry, y'all. You know how my phone does. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am, um, first of all, I'm rude. I just got in and just started talking. Um, was the speaker finished? Yeah, I just asked, I just asked anybody if there was any more testimonies. She was done. Oh, thank you. Okay, um, so there's no more testimony. I think Pam had a testimony. Right. Oh, Pam. Oh, I'm sorry, see? That's why I got to check because I got kicked, kicked off. All right, go ahead, dear. <laughs> Tripping. All right, Pam, I got you, girl. <laughs> you know what? Did you just set me up to get cussed out? What? What you talking about? I feel like you just set me up. Like, I feel like maybe she really didn't say that. Now you got me putting her on the spot. Uh, I wouldn't do that. You know me better than that. Because mm-hmm. as outspoken as she is, she would have started talking by now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess she's just pulling back in her shyness, and she's choosing not to say anything at this point in time. So you may proceed. You sure? Pam, do you have a testimony, dear? Is she, is she is she even here? Is she on the line? I just got on the call because I just woke up. Mr. Farley, I ain't oh here because I don't live in Georgia. <laughs> oh. 
you yesterday that you enjoy abuse. That's why you always keep encouraging it. Uh, I, I, I just, uh, uh, okay. Well, since you ain't got a testimony, I'm going to pray for you. That was my testimony, but you go on and pray for me. And wait a minute. Now, and, now, and, and, it's and not prayer time. Well, no, this, this is what God wants to oh. do. I'm about to oh, do something. Oh. Okay. Okay. And this is interesting because I don't normally do this, but I'm not to pray for you. I'm about to prophesy over you. Oh, oh, oh. let me put my phone on mute. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, you like me this. just realized that this he did this on purpose. This was to draw me out. Oh my! Like the Holy Spirit. Did. What they say? Smoke them out, smoke them out, Osama bin Laden. Uh-huh. Out the cage. Yep. The, the Holy Spirit did. I guess he did. I, you know. Go ahead. Be obedient. Okay. All right. Okay, Father God, you want your child. Haya da kumbu kiara da koho romboshi da da kumbu ye. Hmm. You are uniquely positioned. God has uniquely positioned you to be able to hear, to move, and to grow. Oh, yeah, But God says, now I am choosing the direction that I want you to go in. Mm. Oh, wow. You have had opportunities to move, to do different things, but for whatever reasons, you did not choose them. God says, now I am choosing it for you. I am calling the doors, the other options now to be closed in the name of Jesus. You have one option. You have one way to move, and I am forcing you to move. It started a while back. You didn't quite see it. You will see more clearly as you walk along the way. I have closed the options. You only have one way to go now. Now, my hand is upon you. It's positioning and it's moving you. You can't even stand still anymore. You can't even stand still and become stagnant anymore. Because the excuse me, Rambajerukosa ka. Ah, you can't even become stagnant anymore. God, Bishop, because I have maneuvered, positioned. Now, just for your understanding, 
you are now in the perfect will of God. We talk about the acceptable, the good. You are in the perfect will of God. And since this is so far over your head, since this is something you don't understand or see, I have to guide you, impart, strengthen. Everything that you need is going to come from me. Even your understanding, your strength, your revelation must come from me. Other than that, you will feel overwhelmed. Even your peace in order to stand and stand therefore must come from me. I'm your source. She talked about earlier about finishing things. Well, you have no choice. You have no choice but what? Because I will not allow you to stay stagnant anymore. I will not allow you to just stand. No, you must move. Because I position and I have requirements upon you. And I have expectations from you. Mm. Wow. Now, see, this is the key. If God is saying that he has requirements and expectations, evidently there's something that he sees that, that he knows that's within you that he's going to, that will come out. So now this is what he has, what he does. When he puts us in positions where we don't quite see or understand, it forces those things in us out. We don't even know we got these gifts of talents and abilities, but because we're squeezed, the pressure of life is going to force it out. So God has uniquely moved you. God has uniquely positioned you, and God has expectations and requirements that he's going to get desired results because you ain't got nowhere else to go. You can't stay where you're at. You can't be stagnant. There's only one way. He will illuminate your path. He says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He will illuminate your path as you seek him. Oh, my God, it's going to force you so much out of your head because you can't get what you need in it. <laughs> your blockages will be overran. Because in order to get what you need, you're going to need the anointing and the power of God. And he's going to teach you how to tap in. He's going to teach you how to commune, how to go deep, and how to stir up the presence of God so that you can get his attention when you need it. Did you know you can get God's attention when you need it? That means you got to go deep. That means you gotta, he got, but see, the Holy Spirit gotta train you. To train you how to. But see, normally you only go deep when you have to. When something's pulling on you. When you're pulling out your hair. You're looking at this wall, and all the wall in front of you is not moving, and the other three are squeezing in on you. And you can't jump out of the top, and you're standing on the bottom. So then you begin to cry out. He teaches you that. 
Father God, let her have an experience with you right now, Father, so she will understand. <laughs> Yes, 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 Holy Spirit. Yarakosa, keep her, keep her, keep her, Lord. Shedakosa, da. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Amen. Mm, She's like, I should have stayed my butt in the bed. No, nope. you know what? Because, and this just cannot be a coincidence. Uh, yesterday, um, I kind of been irritated about something anyway, but then yesterday something else just like really like almost took me over the edge, and so I was like um, praying about it to to you know not let it take control or what have you. But the wee hours of this morning when I you know got scared and could not go back to sleep, that's um, all. Mickey was about to attack me, um, and I was praying and I was you know, read my verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and then I took it um, deeper than that because my Bible is a, is a study Bible. And so it gives you other, um, you know, passages that you can that you can read also to, to help you with the understanding or what have you. And so I actually was reading those passages as well, and then when I finished, I reread my passage again, and then I started reading about tongues. And so it's like the fact that you are doing this this morning, that just cannot be a coincidence. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Oh, grief. Wow, wow, wow. That's all I got to say. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I scared the crap out of my... I must have did this in my sleep. I don't remember hearing the alarm go off. But when I woke up and I looked at the clock, it said 10.37. And I jumped up. So I'm like, oh, my God, 10.37. And then I'm looking at the TV and Good Morning America is still on. I'm like, huh? So in 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 trying to hit snooze or to get the 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 clock to to just be quiet, I must have ended up changing the real time instead of like hitting snooze or whatever. I don't know. Get the crap out of myself. Well, not literally, but you know. Isn't that special? Okay, Lisa, I guess you can go back to your regularly scheduled programming. Turn it right back over to my regularly scheduled programming. Don't be trying to run. You know, I'm like, I'm scared to say anything.
Yeah, well, you know, I hadn't said anything either. It didn't stop him from coming after me. All right. For this morning's reading, young people, I mean, start talking quick before he starts want to pop a song with everybody. Um, uh, you know what? This morning, just you know, keeping with what we have been talking about, I'm going to do a switch up. I'm going to come off of the purpose book for a minute. Okay, the truth is I can't find it, but I was going to do this anyway, so maybe it's on purpose. Maybe this is supposed to be. Um, and I'm going to read from C.D. Jake's Strength to Stand because I just feel like this particular chapter I had looked, I had um, read over this book before. My mom gave it to me like a year and a half, probably two years now. Um, but I just feel like this is apropos. I'm not reading from the beginning. I decided to go to Chapter 8 and, and, and talk about wilderness, wilderness um, before. Oh, no, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> wilderness before the inheritance. Because we've been talking a lot about purpose and we've been talking a lot about the process and lessons and things that are required to go to the next phase. And so we know that the inheritance, you know, is, is, is something that a parent needs to pass down to a child. But, you know, our, our purpose, um, our inheritance can be found in and after our purpose and so forth. So it's, it's all tied in. I just want to read this for you all this morning. The passage, <clears throat> the passage of scripture for this is such. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, the 18th year of the Jehoshaphat king of Judah, and reigned 12 years, and he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebit, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. So he, he put away the, the graven image of Baal, but he still kept doing the same old stuff. And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep master, and rendered unto the king of, of Israel uh, an hundred thousand lambs and an hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass when Ahab was dead that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And king Jeroboam, oh, wrong person, and king Jehoram went out of Samaria at the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and said to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. Oh, Edomites. 
okay, the way through the wilderness of Edom, and that comes from Second James. Why can't I read today? Second Kings, third chapter, first through the eighth verse. Now we'll begin the reading. When you speak of the wilderness, your mind immediately imagines a dry place where nothing green grows. Everything in the wilderness is brown and unappealing to the eye. The environment of the wilderness is not brightened with any color. Everything in the wilderness has adapted itself to live in this type of climate. Wait a minute. I, I, I want you all to hear that again. Everything in the wilderness has adapted itself to live in this type of environment. I want you all to store that somewhere in your in your mental Rolodex. We're going to come back to that. Rarely does it rain in the wilderness, and when it does, plants store the moisture they need because there is no guarantee when it will rain again. When we are going through our wilderness experience, we must be like the trees and the other animals of the wilderness. We must learn to adapt our faith to the challenges a wilderness brings. The animals in the wilderness have learned to travel and hunt at night because it is cooler at night. Spiritually, we too must learn to find a place where the Lord can minister to us in our wilderness. It is a place where he can give us instruction about what to do next. Like the trees that store up water, uncertain of when it will rain again, we must store up his word in our hearts. Many of us are living in the wilderness for various reasons. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud, which is Exodus 16 and 10. The wilderness is a place of dying where all the things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. I'm going to read that again. The wilderness is a place of dying where all the things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. So I don't know if you all, let me stop for a second. I don't know if you all kind of see the irony of what just happened right there. Because when you read the first part of the sentence and when we think about what a wilderness might be, you know, um, it says it's a place of dying. You know, I thought when I first read the first part of the sentence, I was thinking that it was going to talk about us dying like our spirits dying in this place of wilderness. And I found it to be very ironic when I read on and completed the sentence and it said, where all the things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. So it can be a wilderness for your stumbling blocks as well, your obstacles. If you have ever watched a movie where people dare to enter the wilderness with little or no understanding of life in the wilderness, they often did not survive there. True. Since they had no one to help or advise them, they tried to fight the elements in their own strength. Likewise, 
many of us have been in the wilderness and we have tried unsuccessfully to fight the battle in our own strength. You see, the wilderness is a place where God says, I finally have you in a place where I can speak to you because your form was unprepared for life in the wilderness. He needed someone who knew something about the wilderness. Hence, he asked for Jehoshaphat's help. Hmm. Wow. The wilderness is a place where God says, I finally have you in a place where I can speak to you. Because Jehoram was unprepared for life in the wilderness, he needed someone who knew something about the wilderness, so he asked for Jehoshaphat's help. Very important points to remember as we go back after this. Do not be fooled into thinking that you can never be fully prepared for life in the wilderness. Sometimes God leads us abruptly into the wilderness. He might have been trying to get you to come to him or get you to take your spiritual life more seriously. Perhaps he's been trying to draw your attention. Oh, boy. You know what? My toes toes may never be able to straighten out all the way again. Perhaps. Perhaps like you have with Sam. Uh-huh. I feel like you're working in cahoots with Sam. Man, then I'm working in cahoots with myself then or against myself because my toes look like Fred Sanford's fingers when he tried to pretend like he got arthritis. That's the truth. <laughs> I'm stepping all on my own feet. Perhaps he has been trying to draw your attention to the call he has placed on your life. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Matthew 4 and 1. It is indeed a gamble that the Lord takes on us, for he knows that he cannot and will not override our will. But he also knows that it is truly our desire to do his will. Even the worst sinner is inwardly drawn to God, even if he does not serve him. God loves you so much that he is willing to take just that type of risk on you. He knows that you may either serve him or reject him. You may say, Lord, wherever you lead, I will follow even through the wilderness. Or you may decide to say, I can't deal with this. I thought life would be better than this. I quit. You may either serve him or reject him. But God knows that we must be tried and fired so we can become as pure gold. God brings us into the wilderness to perfect our faith. You cannot have all pleasures without <laughs> You cannot have all pleasures without pain. Neither can you enjoy only good times without adversity. Your faith is perfected in the furnace of affliction and adversity. There is something about going through dilemmas and crises that brings us to the place where we discover things about God which we would not have known under other circumstances. The sins in your harm's life prevented him from walking with God like he should have. 
His relationship with God was superficial. However, when he got in trouble, he needed God as a fire escape. He called on God only when things were going bad. In essence, he wanted to use God. He wanted, that's <laughs> interesting. He wanted to use God as his servant rather than serve God. He was interested in God only if God served his own selfish purpose. Many of us have tried to use God for personal gain. Now, I'm almost finished. We view God as a spiritual Santa Claus who was there at our every whim, one who will bring us gifts and presents that are beyond our reach. The only time we talk about him is when we need something from him. If we love, if a loved one becomes terminally ill, we immediately call on him. We are ready to beat down the pastor's door so that he can pray for us, or we call on the saints and implore their spiritual prayer and support. But for some reason, as soon as the problem is over, what happens? We slump right back into the backslidden state that we were in before the problem jolted us to pray. That is why many of us have constant God is fully aware of the sad fact that should we have all of our needs met, we will never seek him with all of our hearts. Like the children of Israel, we tend to become arrogant and prideful and forget the fact that we must fully acknowledge God in times of prosperity as well as adversity. The horror was clean smart. Sorry, and he knew something about God, realizing that he did not have a sound relationship with the Lord. He courted the friendship of one who did. He said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I have to go out and fight, and I want you to fight with me. Jehoshaphat replied, if you are going to war, I will go with you. My people are your people. I'm going to assume the responsibility of getting you the victory, and all my captains and all my warriors are at your disposal. Disposable. Disposable. Okay. Wow. I'm going to stop right there because I feel like there's a whole, whole lot going on. Right there. So I'm going to go back. There's a couple of questions um, that I'm going to ask. I'm, I want to go back to a few points and, and um, just kind of uh, uh, open it up for discussion. The first thing that I have marked is I want to go back and reread this just to refresh our, our memory. Everything in the wilderness is brown and unappealing to the eye. The environment of the wilderness is not bright and with any color. Everything, everything in the wilderness has adapted itself to live in this type of climate. Rarely does it rain in the wilderness, and when it does, plants store the moisture they need because there is no guarantee when it will rain. Again, so particularly I like to go back to the line, everything in the wilderness has adopted itself to live in this type of environment. Does that speak to anybody? Does that have any meaning to anyone about how everything is unappealing 
and, 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 and it's dry, things don't grow, but the things in the wilderness have adapted themselves to live in this type of climate. I'm going to open it up for discussion from, or comments from others first. What well, else? I mean, the desert. Huh? Go ahead, Sam. All right. No, go ahead, Pam. No, I was saying that's, that's, that's like the desert. I mean, because the desert, if you look at it, is is unappealing to look at it. But there are things that grow in the in the desert. I mean, I mean, I guess they've been created for that for that type of environment. I mean, you couldn't grow a cactus in Chicago, not outside. So what do you think? So what what does that mean to you then? Look at it, too. Look at the, I think it's the Serengeti. For where it stays dry, a certain time, the building and it does more they start coming to life for a certain better amount of time. Once that water dries up until that next rainstorm, everything else goes back into shelter. But when you're when you're going through the and I guess is this like your question, Lisa, when you know, you were talking about like when you're in the wilderness and things look unappealing, right? <clears throat> okay. But when he, when he, you know, puts us in the wilderness, is not for our enjoyment. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not supposed to look appealing. It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to feel good. If that's the case, we could have stayed where we were. Oh so he's trying to to get our attention and using the desert as as an example. I mean, if, if you stuck in the desert, you don't have much to look at. It's hot. It's dry. Um, you know, there 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 may be some trees. You know, them funny trees that that grow out there, or whatever. But I mean, and even they look like they're struggling. You know, um, it's 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 not a good place to be. You don't want to, to be there. It's like, okay, where is the road out of here? And then you have to be concerned about snakes and and scorpions. Um, I mean, it, it's just it, it's not it's not a good place. And so your your thought process would be on, okay, what I got to do to get out of this. And also what would be important to think is not only is it an uncomfortable place for you, but those things that are that are opposing you, it's a natural environment for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they know how to protect themselves. Look at a cactus. You can't just pick up a cactus. Mm. So those things have protection. They know how to protect themselves and how to survive mm-hmm. in an environment which you is foreign 
and it's harsh. To them, it's natural. Oh, my God. That is so true. I love how you guys pulled that meaning out of there. Oh, my goodness. Because, you know, that that honestly, that reminds me of, um, you know, just imagine. It, it can... It can it's applicable in so many cases where um you know, just imagine a person who who is a suburbanite, right? You know, grew up, you know, really good schools, um, around, you know, people who are economically stable, um, no fighting, no you know, a good life. You know, what people call a good life, um, in, in, in the certain arena. And you see those movies where a child in that situation, something happens, parents pass away or some illness, and then they have to go live with a family member. <laughs> but the family member lives on 43rd and Eggleston. Okay. And so now they're thrown into this harsh environment where it's so far out of their element. You can look at them and tell they stick out like a sore thumb. They don't know how to adapt to that environment. They don't know the rules. They don't They don't know how gang life is. They don't know not to wear a certain color or not to put their hat a certain way or not to say certain things, you know, to stay away from certain places, certain people after a certain time. Don't go down this way. Don't walk this way. Don't wear your shoestrings. They don't know because they're used to walking in, the, in an environment of freedom. And so now they're thrown in the mix, and they, you know, their life becomes a living hell because everyone else has adopted to this wilderness. That's a will. That's hell. That's wilderness. You know, everyone else has adopted to it. They know how to has adapted. Rather, they know how to survive in this state. You know, they know what to do and what not to do, and they become so numb to it, to the dysfunction that they don't even realize that they're in the wilderness. But this person who, you know, uh, uh, who is out totally outside of anything that they've ever experienced, you know, they, you know, it's rough. And, and but what happens? After a while, that person is either going to adapt or they, they're going, they ain't going to make it. So is what human beings is what we do. Adapt so little, you know, Stanley, you know, with his preppy clothes on and with his, you know, brand new this and that. He, after a while, after about a few months, he's going to start looking like Pookie and Ray Ray. He'll become a totally different person. And when he goes back out there to his parents or to visit out there, you know, in suburbia, out in in, in Barrington or wherever he's from, they're going to be like, what the? happen to you? He's not going to talk the same. He's not going to dress the same. His values will probably even have changed. So, you know, that that works in, in, in reverse, you know, as well. Children who are abused, you know, who, who are used to not receiving love, then they're not used to receiving love. They're not used to not being mistreated and abused. So if you take them and you put them in an environment that's safe and stable, they don't they don't, I don't know what to do with that. 
They're used to being in that wilderness. They don't know what to do when there's lush greens and there's plenty of water and there's greenery and everything is growing and everything is beautiful and fruit is growing on the trees and you can just pick the trees off the fruit and eat. You know, and so what are they going to do? Pick they the trees afford. off the fruit. Don't I say it? Help the Lord. Help the Lord, please. You know, yes, all that, all that. That would be a neat trick. Ooh, that would be a neat trick. So, you know, they're going to start do. They're going to start behaving the way that they've adapted to, in, according to the climate that they are accustomed to. So they're going to start hoarding food. They're going to be standoffish. They're going to look at you crazy if you hug them. Because that's the normal for people who are healthy, but for people who have not been, you know, who are in customs and they don't even know what a, what to do with that. What is a hug? What is a smile? What is a pat on the back, you know? So I'm just saying all that to say that, that things like that work in reverse, and I really wanted us to go back and revisit that because that that's some of us. That's a lot of us. You know, it, it, both sides of the coin. You know, we're so used to struggle and we're so and we let life beat the hell out of us to the point that we can't accept love. We it's like we forget that we don't that we even deserve it. We don't know how to to function in functionality. It's like we only know how to be dysfunctional. We only know how to how to walk in the numbness of alcohol or walk in the numbness of of drugs or walk in the numbness of dysfunctional relationships or walk in the numbness of overeating or walk in the numbness of gambling or walk in the numbness of just hate and, you know, whatever else, you know, put your, put, put, fill in the blank. It's like we, for, we, we have allowed life to take us to the point of where we, the only thing we know how to do is survive. And so, we, even some of us who have not, um, who did not originate, if you will, in the wilderness, who were not born in the wilderness, somehow we ended up in the wilderness, and we don't know how to come out the wilderness. Why? Because we have morphed and we have adapted ourselves to survive in the wilderness, which is someplace that, yes, we may have been taking, but we were never designed to stay. And that's what we have to be cognizant of, and that's what we have to try to figure out. We got to be clear. We got to commune. We got to talk to God about how to get out the wilderness because we were never meant to stay in the wilderness. The wilderness is a process, people. It's a process. It's someplace that he will take us to get our attention, take us to work out some things, to do some cleaning, you know, to clean some house, to show us some things, to get us right. But if we're not careful, then we will become so familiar with and comfortable in the wilderness where we won't even sometimes, as scary as it is today, desire to come out. No, all right. I'm about to score. So this book, by the clock's room. 
Does anybody else have any comments, questions, ideas, or thoughts on that? All right, not so much. Okay, I want to uh, rehash another point. It says the wilderness is a place of dying where all the things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. Mm. What do y'all mm. think about that? Because that's, that's a very interesting way of Christ. I just find that to be really ironic. What do you all think about that? Wait, why do you say ironic? Why do you say ironic? The reason that I say that is because it says the wilderness is a place of dying, and, and I thought that it would say that we were dying spiritually, you know, like it was referring to that like to us. But then the, it goes on to say where all the things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. So it's like the enemy is killed in the wilderness. To me, that's ironic to the first part of the sentence. See, now I didn't think of the, I didn't think of the enemy at all, um, because I wasn't thinking of the enemy as being the cause of my stumbling in the first place. So when you made that statement, what I'm thinking about is you you are going to to shed things you don't need. Because you're you're trying to travel light, so to speak. And so, if if certain things were were the cause of you ending up in the wilderness in the first place, why in the world would you continue to to take them with you? Mm-hmm. You know. So, therefore, you know, I'm a you know, I'm 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 a leader. I'm a leader behind. I don't I don't need it. That's I'm carrying that unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Got you. So you're, it sounds like you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying that because he will call you to the wilderness to get your attention and to do the work, you know, with you without distraction, that, he will also use that as an opportunity to remove anything that will keep you from walking in your purpose, those things that are of detriment. He'll use that opportunity while he's got you there to go ahead and clean that out too while he's at it. Right. You know, I mean, and this is, this is more about you than it is the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. When I, I guess when I said the enemy, I mean like the enemy, the like capital T H E. I meant like anything that is an enemy to your progress or your growth or your walk, like those things, the obstacles, like you. Okay, I see what you're saying. When you put it like that, I, I see. I got you. Because at first it was kind of throwing me off a little bit, to be honest. But I see where you're coming from now. Okay. And actually, they could, you mean, what we're saying could be like the same thing, just saying it differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyone else? 
I'm going to say the same thing, but a little bit differently. So the source, meaning God, and his infinite wisdom, positioned you in a hostile environment. And in order for your survival to occur, you must seek him. And in the process of seeking him, you begin to shed those things which are detrimental to you. And it's basically kind of like the same thing, because like you said, in, in, in the sense of anything that keeps you from God is the enemy, whether it be yourself, Satan, or whatever. So we begin to stop, you know, stop doing things, whether or not I just don't have time. Like I was talking to the neighbor down the street, we just, you know, talking about growing up and being responsible, said, you know what? I just don't have time. I'm trying to do school, and I'm this and another. So I had to quit trying to party. This and another, you know. So God, again, being God, will position us so that in order for us, again, our end game result, because like in her end game result, she was trying to get out of school. And God goes, uh huh, uh huh. But in the meantime, while you're getting out, trying to get out of school, you're gonna end up drawing closer to me. You're gonna end up leaving foolishness alone. You're gonna end up doing certain transformations. So we're focusing on trying to come out of school or whatever it might be, but God is saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. The whole time that you're going through this, you're drawing closer to me, and any time you draw closer to God, you are dying. You're leaving more and more of you behind. That's why he says in order for you to decrease, in order for him to increase, you must decrease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. No, it's not ready yet, sweetheart. I gotta find something. I'll get. You, I'll find you some breakfast, okay? What? You put the chicken in the crock pot and start cooking. Oh, what would I do without you, baby? Thank you. Awesome. Get you some clothes. Jump in the shower. Go ahead and jump in the shower. An hour, though. Oh, and like, be soon ready. Get you some clothes. Get your outfit out and jump in the shower. Okay. My child informed me that she put the chicken in the crock pot to start cooking. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. There's something right. I guess. One thing, two things, like, um, Okay. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find, I put a little pencil mark in this last place thing that I wanted to bring up, but it's so faint that I got to try to figure out where it is. Okay, we already talked about that. Um, you see, the wilderness is a place where God says, I finally have you in a place where I can speak to you. Because Jeroboam was unprepared for life in the wilderness, he needed someone who knew something about the wilderness to help him. Well, I think that's self-explanatory. He he was unfamiliar with that territory, so he asked for someone's help who was familiar with the territory. You know, I don't even know that we even need to expound too much upon that unless somebody has something to say. I mean, unless somebody has a comment or a question about that. 
or, you know, anything, um, you know, it's perfectly fine. You know, sometimes other folks have experience even what you're going through, you know, in, in your particular wilderness, you know. Sometimes you got to ask, if you going through divorce, sometimes you got to ask for someone's help who's been through the wilderness of divorce. If you, you know, your wilderness is alcoholism, you might have to go ask somebody who's been in that wilderness and ask them how they, did she just come up here with a chicken leg? Oh, Maya, that looks nice. Let's give it a, I, I'm paranoid. Let's give it just a little bit longer, maybe 30 more minutes. It looks good, but we don't want no salmonella on the drumstick around here. Thank you, baby. She want to eat some. Um, that's what it is. She, 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 she does. She want to eat some chicken and rice for breakfast. Um, you know, someone uh, who, 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 who has been through that wilderness might be someone, you know, that you may ask. You know, um, someone who's been through the wilderness of low self-esteem or low self-confidence. You, you know, not that that you necessarily have had to have those particular issues in order to to help somebody, but I think that it does help if you you know if you have if you have. All right. Does anyone have any any um any other comments, questions, ideas, or thoughts before I pose a question to you? Yeah, as you were speaking um, about the wilderness experience and about how you um, go talk to somebody who's been through it, then it, and I was just saying that you know in our wilderness experience that we learn to die. So that Christ can live, but then also in our wilderness experience, we learn to die, and then that life that we learn, we can give it to others so that they may live. That's again oh the body how we, how we you oh know we we feed one another. So the wilderness experience oh teaches you many things. Oh my goodness! Wow, you just said something right there. You just said something right there. That's how I feel. I know that that's how I feel about my life. Man, that's how I feel about my life. I feel, and I was just thinking that just yesterday. So it's, it's so interesting that you should articulate that the way that you just did. I do. When I look back, and I was like, oh, my God, what have I done in the past 20 years? Where have I even been? Like, ew, you know, what have I accomplished? I don't have money. I don't have, I don't own much, you know, except for my little couple of stocks and about $10 in my retirement. You know, like, what have I, what was the purpose of, of my life, you know? And then that's when God brought it to me. He showed me the purpose of your life. And, I, and Sam, you and I talked about that before. And I felt that and it wasn't anything, you know, fatalistic or sad or bad. I really feel like my life, the purpose of my life is what you just said, to give it to other people, you know, to take the slapping, to take the sadness and the abuse so that 
I can use it in the service of others. To take the hit so that other women can learn from me. And then have the courage and the strength to do things that they want to do. And that's when I realized that we truly all have different callings and purposes for our lives. We really do. Everybody, and I said this before, everybody in the war is not going to be on the front lines. Everybody's not going to be out in the field. Everybody's not going to be even out there, you know, in the trenches. Somebody has to fly the helicopters to drop bombs. Somebody has to, to be a medic. They have to stay back at the base so that when these bloody folks come in, they can they can um, stitch them up and get them, you know, cleaned up and what have you. Somebody's got to cook. The soldiers got to eat. They can't function if they don't eat. Somebody's got to eat. Just, you know, somebody has to stay all the way back, even not, you know, not even leaving the country to 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 send out to to view plans and to see what the enemy is doing. You got to have strategies because if you have no freaking clue what the enemy is doing, then how are you going to know how to proceed? So there's so many stations and so many places for us to be. Everybody's job is not going to be in front of the camera, man. <clears throat> Everybody's not going to be the actress in front of the camera. somebody got to be behind working the cameras. Somebody's got to get the sound right. Somebody's got to build props for the play. Somebody's got to promote the play. And that's something that I've learned is that somebody, somebody, in order for things to be fulfilled, in order for people to learn and get the things that they need, somebody got to get dirty. Everybody's not going to walk the red carpet and get the smiles and the waves and the interviews. And quiet as it's kept, it's my belief that the people who are not in front of the cameras are the strongest ones because they're the ones who are going to get the bulk of the slappings and the, and the pokes and the prize because they do it and they don't get the recognition and all the hoopla that goes with it. So what you just said was so poignant and it just hit me in my solar plexus. Thank you very much as I recover from the wounded chest. Pain. <laughs> wow. Okay. Does anyone else have anything? regarding that, regarding the reading or a comment about the comment? (laughs) Uh, Comment about the comment about the comment? Okay. So I just want to read some points. It's just something for you guys to think about. He always has five questions at the end of his chapters. And it's like a homework assignment. Of course, you guys don't have to do this, but it's just food for thought, you know, just just something to think about. <clears throat> number one, number one, have you learned to adapt your faith to the challenges that a wilderness brings? Think of five ways to change your mindset and or lifestyle to ensure victory. 
That's number one. Number two, spiritually, we too must learn to find a place where the Lord can minister to us in our wilderness. It is a place where he can give us instruction about what to do next. Have you found this special place? If not, actively search for it and claim it. Mm. If you want victory, you must be willing to go through the wilderness. How willing are you to walk through the wilderness? Your attitude and trust in God make all the difference. Number four, the wilderness, God's killing field, weeds out all the imposters because they cannot well, let me read this again, Jesus. The wilderness, which is God's killing field, weeds out all the imposters because they cannot survive the adversity of the wilderness. You are not an imposter. You are a child of God, strong and true to his calling. Claim this fact today. Mm. The imposters, it can't survive. That's how they get weeded out. Mm. The greatest battle that you face in the wilderness is the one between the new you and the old you. Wow, how about that? Concentrate on the new you and focus on all the blessings afforded you as his heir. So those are just a few things to think about that Dr. Jake puts at the end of this lesson. And I just hope that today's reading was helpful in some way, shape, form, or fashion for you all, everybody. Amen. Will there be anything else regarding the reading? Aha. All right, well, next up, prayer request. Hello? Yep. Okay, I had already been uh, prophesied over this morning, but Lisa, you, 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 you can give me you can give me prayer. Oh, Jesus. oh wow. See, you know, you know, when I do my day on the call, it 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 doesn't get popping like it does when Sam leads the call because you know I can't I don't can't do all that stuff. He does, but it is very interesting. That, that we started off with the prophecy early on. I, I just find that to be very, very interesting. You getting ready to pray for people? Yeah, I'm taking prayer requests. Hmm? I say yes, I'm doing prayer requests. Okay, well, I'm going to pray for you to pray for people. Is that okay? Please do. Hmm? Yes, sir, please do. Okay. Father God, okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to pray about because I'm going to be praying mostly in the spirit, but I want you to have some understanding. So basically, like the God desires for the Holy Spirit to move today in a unique way, which is even unique for this line. So my prayer 
is that you go deep in the spirit as you pray for other people. My prayer, is that there's a stirring which rises up out of you. There's an anointing which rises up out of you, that you will be able to anoint and to touch others' lives. My prayer, is that the Holy Spirit of God will just just immensely rise up inside of you, and the baracle, that you will be overcome and be led by the Spirit of God, and you will just flow in the giftings and callings of God. My prayer, is you just totally submit and decrease while the Spirit of God increases in your life. That's my prayer for you right now at this moment. In Jesus' name, my first. Amen. Thank you. Okay. I'm Thank going to you mute you first for me whenever. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, um, Pam, I guess we'll be going first. Renee, are you still here? Renee? No? Okay. Well, that's all right. Hey, I'm still here. I was on mute. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was going to say, I, I can, um, you can go after Pam if you would like. Okay, that'll be fine. Okay. All right. Hmm. Heavenly Father, this morning we humble for you, as always, in the spirit of thanksgiving, thanking you for your grace, thanking you for your mercy, just thanking you that things are as well as they are with us, thanking you for provision. Thank you for, for at times, undeserved favor. Father, this morning we lift your daughter Pam before you as we do every day. And particularly we thank you for her life. We thank you for her decision to walk with you, to be obedient to the fellowship of this call. We know that you know that she seeks a closer to walk with you, which is why she studies on her own time, which is why she takes the time to be obedient and call in, which is why she takes the time to pray and to be involved in this ministry. So, Father, we also know that you know that she is in a wilderness of her own. She is in this foreign land. She's we talked about adaptation to the wilderness. And Father, she has in some ways adapted to the wilderness so that she can survive and so that she can cope. But we know that your plan for our lives is to not just survive and not just to cope, but to live life in abundance and meaning and purpose 
And so today, Father, our so today, we lift her before you. We lift her in in mind and in, and in heart and in spirit. soul, and body, every aspect of her, we lift those up to you. And we ask that you just have your way, that you remove her and that you have your way and you know everything that needs to be cleaned out during the course of a cleaning, you know her far better than she even knows herself. So you know the things that need to be done in order for her to walk in the abundance that you have for her life because it is not your will that she be in lack. It is not your will that she walk in anything less than the inheritance that she has in you. And so today we are asking you for the guiding of her steps. We are asking for you to reveal yourself to her in a way in which you have never revealed yourself to her before so that as she seeks to disadapt or unadapt herself from the wilderness and to disengage, disengage from the wilderness so that she can walk in the lush greenery in the oak basis of what it is that you have for her in her life, we ask that you reveal yourself to her, reveal what her true purpose is, because she's not really sure at this point, and that adds to the clinging to the wilderness, so we ask for clarity for her. We ask that you reveal yourself to her. We ask that you make plain the will for her life because we talked earlier about the cycle of completion. In Revelation, decisions follow through. Without the revelation, we don't know what to decide on and there is no follow-through because we don't know what we are following through on. And so, Father, we are asking at this stage that you move suddenly and immediately in her life so that she can get about the business of what it is that you have created her for. So our petition today is for revelation, divine revelation, so that she can see what it is that she is supposed to be doing. We ask for receipt of the knowledge that you give her the information in whatever form you see fit, through whatever vehicle that you see fit. We ask that you just provide that today. And then once that provision is made, we ask that you just give her the strength and the courage and the boldness to then make her decision, her conscious decision, to walk in that which you would have for her to walk in. Mm. 
so that the circle can be completed, so that the cycle can be executed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. Um Okay, Renee. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, you're up, kid. Okay. Gracious and Heavenly Father, Renee, your daughter, your servant, is coming to you today, and we are interceding on her behalf. First of all, we would like to thank you for her humble and pleasant spirit, for her positive spirit that deposits so much into these calls, that just that, that upbeat and uplifting spirit that that just adds so much to the ambiance and the environment of a call. We thank you for her decision to be obedient and to contribute on a daily basis to the call. And for her life, we just ask for increase and growth. Increase and growth. Increase and growth. So that she does not remain stagnant and that she continues to climb higher in you. And as a result of that, she will touch the lives of all those around her. We ask that she continue to be a beacon of light to her family, to her friends, her neighbors, her clients, because she's going to be the only light that some of them see. And so with that, we ask for his protection around that because that is a a, a gift that she has. So we ask for a hedge of protection around her and and specifically around her gift so that it does not become tainted by the world so that it does not become contaminated and that she is still able to touch others through her own unique channel or her own unique means of doing so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Gigi is on the phone. So I'm going to go ahead and do a prayer for Gigi. All right, gracious and heavenly Father, we lift our sister LaShawn up to you this morning. We are grateful for her tenacity in being on the call. Even though she's at work and she is unable to actually speak, we know that 
just the fact that she is able to get on the call and that she is obedient, she is walking in obedience as she tunes in to the call. Um, that it is clear that through her continued obedience and because of her repeated obedience that she is she is getting something there is something that moves her to do so that moves her to be on the call. So, Father, we ask for her for continued revelation. This thing is about revelation, decision, and follow-through. Learning about your will is so many components to this. Completing cycles, the wilderness, learning what you should be learning in the wilderness, learning what we should be learning, getting the lessons that we need to get as we are in the wilderness, because just like Jesus on the on the uh, top of the mountain or the hill, the revelation so many times happens in the wilderness when we think that we're at rock bottom, when we've been removed from from distractions and we feel like we're by ourselves and we're so lonely that we're going to bite our fingers off. No, no, that is the time in which the revelation takes place when there are no distractions and he really wants you to see what it is that he wants you to see and hear what it is that he wants you to hear. And he will do that in the wilderness. And so, Father, we are asking for Miss LaShawn that even though she is in this wilderness, comfort her and show her why the wilderness is important. Reveal to her what you will have for her to see while she is yet in her wilderness and do whatever house cleaning and whatever uh, uh, spiritual cleaning that needs to happen. Push her over the fence because she knows where she's supposed to be. She has good spiritual guidance around her, but sometimes we are sitting right on that fence. We are sitting right there, and we need a little push over to the right side. So we ask that she not straddle the fence, that she not be sitting right there on the post, but that you go ahead and gently push and nudge her over all the way to you on that side because it is only then that she will be able to pull others close to her to her to walk the way that they are supposed to walk because there are more people watching her than what she realizes. More people than what she realizes. So we're asking that the revelation go through and show through, show her exactly what it is that she is supposed to be doing, what assignment she's supposed to be walking in, what purpose she's fulfilling, and then give her the boldness and the courage to make whatever changes are necessary to walk in her purpose. We ask that she not be stagnant today, God. Pull her away from stagnation. Pull her away from from whatever doubt and unbelief and disbelief might be there, whatever fear she may have, whatever it is that's keeping her from walking in the boldness of the destiny that you have called onto her life. We ask that you just pull anything and anybody away from her 
unbeknownst to her or knowest to her because so many times we have people who are in our lives and we don't even realize that those people are stumbling blocks because they are wolves and sheep's clothing, God. So we just ask today that you remove any stumbling blocks, remove anybody, any person, any entity from her life that is preventing her from walking in the fullness of you. And with that, with that, with the revelation and with the removal and with the, the, the cleansing, we then ask that you give her the strength, the boldness, and the courage to make a decision, to make a for real, show enough, 110% decision to follow you and to go with the purpose for which she was predestinated and she was designed. We pray today that there will be no more settling, that there will be no more backing down, that there will be no more giving in, that there will be nothing but walking in excellence and walking in expectation today, oh God. We just ask today that you remove the shackles off of her life, God, that you remove any bondage, any chains that is keeping her down, that is keeping her from walking in the true desire that she does have in her heart to serve you and to walk in the full capacity, in the full capacity of that which you would have her to walk in. We've asked for a hedge of protection around her because as she moves forward, as she makes the decision after the revelation, as she makes the decision that she moves into her follow-through stage, oh God, we know that there will be backlash from the enemy because the enemy wants her to remain mediocre. The enemy wants her to stay stagnant. The enemy wants her to stay where she is. The enemy does not want forward movement and forward progression. And so we just ask that your angels, your warring angels, God, be right there, that they be right there and they be waiting for the backlash with the hands of protection for her. Hmm. And she boldly and courageously moves in the direction that you will have her to go in so that she can, she can and will to declare it and decree it to say that she will move courageously and boldly and unapologetically into the fullness of the purpose that you have for her life for which she was created. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. Well, somebody said, I don't do all of that. You sure kind of going in a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm going back on mute. I'm going to pray for our babies, these college babies that we have out here who are not physically with us. All of these children who are going out that we are releasing into the world, 
Erica's daughter is getting married. She has a baby in college. I don't know if she has two or if they even live with her or whatever the case may be. But they are still being released out into the world. I want to pray for them. Father, we are lifting our babies, our babies, our babies, our babies, who carry with them our hearts inside of their pockets. These children that you have seen fit for us to raise and to nurture. We know that they are yours first. We know that you just let us borrow them for a time. But as you know, Father, we love them very, very, very much. And it, 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 it can be a scary thing to release them, to release them to the world, a world that is away from what we perceive to be the safety of home, a world that doesn't know our babies like we do, a world that doesn't treat our babies the way we would treat them. Father, we just lift them before you today. We just ask that you just, in times of of questioning, in times of, of trying, in times of temptation, in times of pressure, and they will, will come and they already have, we ask that you just whisper in their ears in their moment, even those of them who may not be spiritually in a certain place, like my daughter who who struggled with her own spiritual beliefs and so forth, we just ask that, that you just protect them, that you, 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 you whisper in their ears, recall to their remembrance, the things that that you will have for them to remember in those moments that they need them that they need the most the nuggets that we have deposited into them through you. We ask that you pull those out, God, when they need them the most. We we are asking for a hedge of protection around our babies and a world that is so unkind and so unfeeling and, and takes advantage of people and will chew you up and spit you out and not care. We just ask for a hedge of protection around them because we know that even though there are people in the world who are maleficent and who do not care about other people, we know that there are still those who carry the light of you all around them, and we just pray that their spirit attracts those people and that they repel the darkness 
We ask that you use their lives as they go out into the world, that you use their lives to bring joy and, and, and spread messages of hope and love that they just encourage, uplift, fortify, and edify other people and inspire other people to want to be better and to want to make the world a better We just ask that as they are out there, that they just be good stewards of their bodies, good stewards of their minds, good stewards of their spirits, so that they expect nothing less than excellence, they, that they do not settle or they do not allow themselves to be treated in any other way other than the way that you will have for them to be treated and that they see themselves the way that you see them, oh God. We ask today that if their wisdom has not come to a point, if their discernment has not arrived at a point where they can see, delineate, and distinguish between those people, those places, those things that are not good for them, that you step in and that you pull those things out of their lives them until they get to that point of maturity. Father, we love our babies and we want nothing but the best for them, but we know that whatever love that we have for them, it could not only but scratch the surface of the love that you have for them, a love that far surpasses anything that we could even imagine. And so we just ask today that you just implant your spirit down in these children, that you just cover them in a hedge of protection, that you just keep their minds right and keep their eyes on their studies and and, and keep any um, uh, demonic and, and any negative forces away from them. And if you don't see fit to do that, that you give them the tool, the tools, the weaponry to deal with whatever comes against them so that they may, they may be a strong, a strong force to be reckoned with as they go out to set their place in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask you to pray for um I want to say stupid people, but maybe it's a more political correct term would be the unsaved. And I say this because I saw this story um on Facebook and it's just really sticking with me because of its sheer stupidity. Um a 31-year-old man in Las Vegas was shot and killed because he didn't hold the door open for a woman. What? Yeah. The woman shot? No. She got into the argument with 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 the with the young man, and then she goes back to her car where um, a man was waiting on her, and so she oh. says to him, and then he gets out the car and he opens fire. On the, on the young man, all because she said he wouldn't hold the door open for her. 
and 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 so now that's a reason to kill someone and it's you know it's just indicative of the times right now that um you know the people are so quick to 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 turn to violence you know um this Yes, I mean, okay, I can understand maybe being irritated if he didn't hold the door for you or whatever the case may be, but I'm not going to argue about that. I'm certainly not going to go and, and incense someone else about it and and get them all riled up to to commit a violent act about it. It's not that serious. Um, and so, like I said, I wanted to ask you to pray for stupid people, but I'm thinking a politic, the politically correct way would be if you – if you say another prayer for the unsaved, because they are running rampant. Hmm. And you know, it's, it's, oh, my gosh. The enemy has just, people aren't even humans anymore. It's like there is a, there is something that I am convinced is going on. You got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. You got secret societies that I think are carrying out things. You got politics, which it's so much stuff going on. Human life is disposable. It's disposable, and I believe in a way that it, it maybe has never been before. And people are walking in a state of unconscious of unconsciousness, dead. Zombies, the walking dead, no feelings for anybody except for, you know, and don't care about anybody except for who's in their immediate circle. The rich only care about the rich, you know. Um, I, I can't even, I just can't believe that. I can't even, I just can't take the... Disregard for human life. Total disregard. Hmm. And that is why people, I don't even say it, I'm tired of saying it. That's why we have to, to make sure that we are walking in love that we are are that we are tight with one another because it's only the circle and the protection and the layer and cocoon of love and joy and positivity and peace that we can create with those that we are closest to that will shield us from losing our doggone mind from all that nonsense. That's it. And so, Father, we just lift up, we lift 
up your people, your children in general. Saved and unsaved because the folks who call themselves saved are sometimes worse than the people who don't. Unfortunately, those sitting in the pews at church are worse than the people who are not in the church a lot of the time. So we, we're we lifting up everybody. All of your children, society, this world before you. And we know that you see what's going on. We know that you are omnipresent, that you are all-knowing and all-powerful, omniscient and omnipotent, omnipresent. We know that. We know that you know. We know we're not telling you anything that you are not already fully aware of. And so, Father, we are not sure because we're just not sure what what the reason is that things have gone this far or we just don't know. But we are asking what we are asked because it's not like you don't know. So we are just asking that as you see fit, that you give us comfort, that you comfort in this particular case the family of that young man or that man that was was shot. We ask that you just help them to forgive the individual who did it. We ask that his soul rest with you because of the terrible way that he died. We ask for comfort and provision for his family, any children he may have had, if he had a wife or a significant other. We ask for provision for, for them, comfort for his his mother, his, his parents, his siblings he may have, grandma, you know, any family members. We ask that, but we also ask for you to have mercy on the soul of the individual that did that because they got a long road to go. So we just ask for that blessing in that situation. We ask for it for all involved. We ask for forgiveness and for mercy, for healing and for restoration of the family or for the family as they have just lost a loved one in a senseless act of violence. And, Father, we just ask for a turnaround and a cleansing of your people, of your children, just period. The the other and blatant disregard for the life of another person is symptomatic of a very, very serious spiritual problem and a spiritual um, death or dying. Father, we ask that you move suddenly to our society, a society of folks who feel like they know everything because they got a couple of five or ten dollars in their pockets. We ask that you, you know, that you just move through and that you humble, 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 humble us 
all of us, even people who feel like they are so-called empowered and they don't need to be humbled or they don't need anything, we ask that you humble everybody so that you bring back to mind the importance of human life, the importance of recognizing human suffering, the importance of feeling for one another, the importance of recognizing each other as brothers and sisters so that we don't just go out and just do, how can you go out and just kill people for no reason? Father, we don't understand. We don't get it. We're confused. So, and, and we just ask that you reveal in the time that you see fit. What is going on? What is going on? Marvin Gaye asked the question, what's going on? Help us to understand. Help us to approach it the right way. Give us the wisdom and the discernment to to know how to respond in situations. Help us to be a light to other people who who may not have any light in their lives, and maybe that's why they do the things that they do. So, Father, we just are asking again for for comfort, for just making us care about each other again. And we ask, as always, that your will be done, though, in all situations and circumstances. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, when you were praying and when Pam was talking, um, you know, a lot of these video games that people play with all the violence and stuff that goes on, they're feeding their spirits and their souls with 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 that type of you know they open themselves mm-hmm. up to stuff. So now when a situation right. like this presents itself, then they don't even understand something because like a, a, a cop shot a man the other day and a man is laying on his back and he asked the cop, "Why'd you shoot me?" The cop said, "I don't know." Mm. You know, and wow. I mean people don't even understand a lot of times what they're doing. You know, they think they're enjoying them. But, again, we have to understand the principality here. You know, so he's he's wow. programming people unaware. So now when life presents itself, then because of their programming, again, you're going to react to whatever's in your heart. So because of their programming mm-hmm. and the things they've been doing, that they think they're having fun or it's just the way I am or whatever, now they go, they just go off on the deep end and then they're standing there, why did I do that? It really wasn't worth it. Right. You know what? You are so right, and that, and we see that even as you know, with children, it's whatever you're around, whatever, like you said, has been fed into your spirit, is what becomes second nature because that is your your ground point. That's your point of reference. Is what you know, and I see it in the classroom all the time. The children who come from loving, nurturing, stable environments, even some of the kids could come and steal from them take the, you know, goldfish crackers or, or, or fruit snacks or whatever, and they don't trip. They like, you know, they might say, hey, man, 
you know, that's not yours. Well, not what am I supposed to eat, you know, but they don't go off on the deep end about it. It's like, oh, well, I'll just grab something else in my lunchbox. You know, maybe so-and-so was hungry. You know, they do that. But the other kids who come from a background of and the diet of chaos and confusion and all types of nonsense, boy, you do something and they're ready to fight. So you it you right, it definitely does matter what's been um what's been said to you and that's why it's so important. My children ask me, you know, sometimes, why are you always listening to sermons or motivational stuff? Why are you always listening to, you know, um E T or D or Zig Ziggler or, you know, Les Brown or Juanita or Jake or, you know, Joyce Meyer, whoever I said, because that's what I constantly have to have in my ear to combat all of the negativity and all the craziness that's going on in the world. You know, I I, I, I have to feed myself that or I'll die of starvation because the news is so tainted with, you know, Facebook, every other avenue is just tragedy 24 hours a day. Death destruction, illness, mayhem, either that or celebrity foolishness, stupid stuff. So I, I feed myself a constant diet. I have an a, 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 a IV drip of nothing but uplifting and encouraging and positive um, things that I listen to. You know, you know, when I watch on TV, there's certain things that I won't watch anymore on TV I'm like those devil movies, like dead, death and dead spirits and conjuring up demons and all that, packing people up and eating people and all type of foolishness. That's all we used to watch with horror movies all the time. I wouldn't watch anything else. Now I don't watch this stuff. You know, every now and again I'll watch a, a horror movie, especially if it's something silly or funny because half of them are so bad it's just funny. But a lot of that stuff I shut it down. I don't watch that anymore. So we definitely have to be careful, like you said, what we feed our spirit. What is it our, 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 you know, be careful, watch your your thoughts, they become your words, watch your words, they become your habits, watch your habits, they become your your um, actions, watch your actions, they become your destiny. It, 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 it's true. All right. Anyone else? Any other prayer requests? Good people? You know, I'm going to pray for Sam and then, you know, we can get out of here. Prayer requests besides Sam going once. Me. Me, me, me. Susie. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing, sister? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to hear your voice this morning, ma'am. Good to be heard. Good to hear everybody this morning. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. All right, Father, 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 Heavenly Father, this morning we come 
for Miss Felicia. You're a good and faithful servant. Father, we just thank you for her growth and for her development and for her desire to walk with you. We just thank you that she takes upon herself to read and to study uh, and to go deeper on her own, which uh, in, which is indicative of the desire that she has to be elevated in you. Hmm. Okay, so I just pray for Gigi, for her... for the shackles to be removed from her. I don't know how much you've heard, Felicia, but we've been talking about being in the wilderness and what what purpose being in the wilderness serves. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, things like that. And so my the prayer that I pray, prayed for LaShawn much as that applies to you as well. And so, Father, uh, we are come, uh, listening, Felicia, to, 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 to ask for uh, 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 the removal of the shackles and the removal of the chains as well for her so that she is free to fully walk into uh, the, 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 the fullness of her destiny so that she is free to go all the way, to go all the way. Reveal to her particularly what it is that you would have for her to do because she has an idea about some things, but continue to reveal to her particularly those things that that, that you would have for her to do and to accomplish with her life surrounding her particular life plan that you have for her. Distraction. Distraction, 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 distraction. Father, we ask that you remove any distractions off of her. Remove the distractions, even if the distraction is her. Even if the distraction is her, we ask that you get her out of her own way. We ask that you just reveal all of the things that you will have for her to do so that she can make the conscious decision to walk in them, in the fullness, not halfway, not a piece of the way, not jumping in and jumping back out the double dutch rope, but in the fullness of it so that she can then decide to follow through. Father, we know that you have an assignment and a task for her life. We know that she knows that. But we we know that sometimes we get a little nervous or sometimes we second guess or sometimes we think that it's this uh, or, 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 or we wonder if there might be that. And so we, we um, allow ourselves to be distracted and pull over to the side so that we can 
we can um, give ourselves some room to not excel and not do the things that we uh, are, are being called to do. And so mm-hmm. in, in our sister Felicia's case, we just ask today, let me sit up, today that the shackles be removed for once and for all. We are declaring and decreeing today that the past will no longer have a hold over her, that whatever her father said, whatever her mom said, whatever sister might have said, grandma, cousin, the neighbor, whatever, the old teacher, Sunday school teacher from 40 years ago, whoever has said anything to make your daughter, your child think that she is anything less than a queen in you, a queen in this kingdom, Today, we, we we remove those things from her remembrance. Or if she does remember them, let them be a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. Use them to, as a force for her to fight against. Use them as a reminder that, oh, my goodness, it's just too bad that some people just don't see me the way that God sees me. We ask you to adjust. She wears glasses for real. We ask you to adjust the lenses in her glasses so that she is able to truly, truly see herself the way that you see her, not even the way that she sees herself, not the way that other people may see her, but the way that you see her. And it is only in that way, only in that vein, that she will truly be able to walk into the fullness of the destiny that you have for her life. And so shackles will be broken today. Chains will be broken today. Yokes will be broken today. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically, off her heart, off of her spirit, out of her mind so that she is free to move. She is carrying so many embryos of, 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 of destinies, of projects that will, when they come to fruition and when they are given birth to, they will change the world. They will alter the way that other people see themselves. They will empower. They will edify. They will fortify others. She is needed, and we need her to walk into the fullness of her destiny unapologetically, unashamed, and unafraid. And so, Father, we are asking that you come through, and whatever it takes to remove those things off of her, we are asking that you do it today, God, and we know that you can if you just will. We know that you can. We know that you are all-powerful. We know that you are all-knowing and that whatever it, whatever needs to be done, you know what needs to be done, and those things can and will be done. Today we are declaring it and decreeing it in this day, in this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Amen. 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 You jamming, Sister Lisa, on your last uh, Wednesday in control. Last Wednesday. <laughs> oh, you trying to quit, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this time next week, starting at 7.30, I will be teaching. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before we get on that subject, Felicia. Uh-oh, tag team. Yep. Hi, Felicia. 
Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing? That's good. I just want to pray for you. It's going to be a quick prayer, okay? Okay, sir. All right. Father God, let the anointing begin to shower her like a rainfall all day long. Let your Holy Spirit just continuously pour over her life all day long. Father God, just continuously, 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 Lord, just saturate her with your presence all day long. No, in Jesus' name, my prayer. Amen. Amen. That was quick. Amen. See, we gonna let you marinate. Okay. We gonna let we gonna let you marinate. Do you mind if I come back to you in a minute? Okay. I'm going to send in your um, seasoning, send in your barbecue seasoning and let you marinate because God is doing something with you. You are in a struggle right now. It's a struggle of your life. It is a struggle of your life. This is it, see. This is it. Now is the time, honey. We got to fight. We got to fight. It's time to fight like you've never fought before. Because there is a victory that is waiting for you, but you got to go get it. you got to fight for it. Freedom ain't free. It's not. And you're going to get bloody. Your knees going to get stuffed up. You end up, every, what do we say? Everybody wants to hold up the belt, but nobody wants to get in the ring. You might get a couple of black eyes. And you probably feel like you already got a couple of black eyes and the cuts you know, behind your right ear, but and it might get a little bit more bloody, but the victory will be so sweet because it will be a victory that you fought for. We talked today, I don't, I don't know if you were on the line, but the subject today, see, was completing the circle, the circle and the cycle of completion, revelation, decision, follow through. And when you go into the wilderness, we talked about being in the wilderness, and what being in the wilderness does and the, the purpose of the wilderness so that he can work on us. But it was never designed sister, for us to stay in the wilderness. It was never designed for, it was designed for us to go because he needs to do that to consecrate us, to pull us to the side so that he can purify, you know, so he can do his purification process, so he can do his cleaning, so that he can uh, pull out and rip out the things that he's supposed to, so that he can grow us up, so that he can be our personal trainer. It's a gym out there, girl. It's a gym with weights and the tracks for us to grow on, all type of equipment for us to use. And there's a, a, a soldier training program, you know, bows and arrows and, and guns for us to learn how to shoot and, and pull for us. Remember, he'll drown, he'll drown us. He will drown us, right? He will pull us right to the brink of death, right to the brink of death before he lets us up so that we know that we can survive so that we know that the, it ain't over until death comes so that we can be stronger and he will bring us right to the brink of death just like real military special training does so that we will be unafraid. And that's what what he's doing with you. But 
but you're still stuck in a place. You haven't you haven't gone all the way through to get into the line for the for real deal bloody training yet, and you're afraid because somebody wrote on your slate that you weren't good enough. Somebody made you think that you had to spend your whole life proving to them that you were worthy because they put their crap off on you. They put their trash into your trash bin. What I am here to tell you today, sister, that you are worthy. You were born worthy. You were born with a calling and a destiny on your life. He has been preparing you. We don't. He don't care what mistakes you made. He don't care what went wrong in the past. He doesn't care about any of that because he was there in the midst of it all anyway. But he's waiting on you to, for once and for all, Pam, you too, to once and for all, let me tell y'all something. I swear, and Sam knows this, as God is my witness, I spent the majority of my life trying to recover from my childhood. And people treated, I didn't even know I was being used and mistreated. I couldn't even see it. I didn't even know that my life was crazy and, and chaotic and out of control. I couldn't even see it. Because I was so busy continually trying to be in recovery and rehab to the point where people who are not going through that, there was no compassion. It was entertainment for them. Look at this dumbass. Excuse my French. Look at this idiot. Look at the silly little girl, the silly wounded little bird, still trying to recover, still doing stupid stuff. So I got pushed around and tossed around like a, a, a um, kickball, like you playing dodgeball or kickball. Because the people who are are demonic and the people who are not, um, who have nothing spiritual about them, it's other people's suffering. It's entertainment for them, and so it is that way in the spirit realm. Your 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 suffering for God, it is a process for for the enemy. It's entertainment. So let's stop giving him free entertainment. Let's stop giving him three passes. Let's 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 make him work for it. But it's time for us to to strike up. It's, and I don't you know I don't sound like it. it's supposed to be using condoms, but to strike up, war up, gird ourselves up, put on our battle gear, and let's go with 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 no hesitation and without an out clause. We got to tell ourselves that there is no out. There is no out clause. There is no contingency plan. It is what it is, and this is what we have to do because we are in the fight for our lives, for our lives, for our children's lives, for the future, for this world that our children have to live in, and there is no room for um, hesitancy. There is no room for contingency. There isn't. It just isn't. It's life or death. And you have it in you. But but we have to make a decision that we are going to shed and moat and get off that old skin 
of the past because it is the past that he uses to keep us bound and in bondage and in shackled and enslaved. We got to let look at him and say, I'm not a slave. I am no longer in bondage to you. I am free. And then follow through. We have to walk in our freedom. And that's more than lip service. It requires action. And once we help ourselves and once we walk in that freedom, once he sees that we are for real and show enough for real, for real, for real, then he will come in and do unimaginable things for us. Things that our that, 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 that our mind could only fathom. But it takes a boldness, it takes jumping off the cliff. And it's only in that jumping off of the cliff will we ever really be able to show him or we allow him to show us that he will help us to fly. If we never jump off and if we still have our feet on the ground, how can he ever show us that he will help us fly? That's all. All right, is there anyone else? Anybody else? Any other prayer requests this morning? Okay. You know what, I don't think Erica's on this morning, but um, since she usually is, why don't you say a prayer for Erica? Of course, of course, of course. We got our sister. Absolutely. And I want to pray for, <clears throat> I want to pray for Arthur too. And I don't, he probably is in class teaching, but we need to pray for Arthur as well. He was on the line earlier as usual on his way to work. So I'll do Arthur and I'll get Erica. Just help me remember. That I just said that because I don't remember things all the time. Amen. <laughs> amen. God bless you and your forgetful ministry. Hey, amen. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, we lift our brother Arthur up to you this morning. He is indeed a faithful servant with a good heart. As he goes and he, oof, or. It's just something in the water and in the air. He shared with us this morning about how he is attempting to do his job to the very best of his ability, and he was criticized and called out for it. Father, we just ask that you just help him to, we just going to speak plainly. We just ask that you just help him to, to, to take that all in stride. Just take it all in stride. Don't take it personally. Don't let those people get to him. He knows that he is doing the very best that he can, Father. Guard guard his mouth. 
God, his mouth, helped him to keep, keep, keep his temper in check and to just guard what he says to use wisdom um, as he speaks to his administrators that he does or says nothing that will put himself in jeopardy because the administration, while they probably do have good intent, they don't always understand what it is like to be a teacher. We never know what is going on in the background and in the drop, in the backdrop because we know that, that the enemy will use any and, and, and everybody to attack not just our educators but those children because they are the future. And so if you get a teacher upset, frustrated, and taken aback, then they have the potential to say or do something that could possibly be damaging in the heat of a moment with the children. So, Father, we just ask that you just touch him, that you continue to anoint his mouth, continue to anoint his ears so that what he hears, if it needs to be altered between the time that it leaves the lips of the speaker to the time in, until the time that it gets to his ears, we ask that you work whatever magic that needs to happen in that regard. We ask that you continue to sharpen his teaching skills. He is an, an, an expert teacher. He's been teaching for years, and so he is not a novice. He is not new on the block. We ask that you just continue to touch and anoint him um, in his teaching ministry that he may continue to serve the needs of our future generations as he teaches them. And then we ask that he uh, uh, continues to be a light, just like the situation with the principal this summer. The principal just kind of broke down. He was nervous about asking the principal to play with and for him, and it turns out that that was just what that man needed. And so we know that he is anointed. We know that he carries your heart in his. And so we just ask your continued blessings upon his teaching ministry, that he continues to spread the light and the love of you through his teaching, not only to the students, but to the parents and to administration as well. Father God, we lift our sister Erica up to you as she kind of goes through uh, the same thing with the job, you know, uh, persecution on the job, um, not being um, held in the high esteem that they should be in the sense of their efforts not being recognized and so forth and seeming like there's there's just walls on every turn. But, Father, we know you are a way maker. We know that you can knock those walls right on down. We know that you remove boundaries. We know that you break shackles. We know that you adjust attitudes. We know that you change hearts and change. What happened? Uh-oh. Lisa, did you disconnect yourself? She might have, because I'm still connected. She might, she might have hit a button. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> what That's- happened? The call. I was I was praying and the call just cut me off. It just cut me off for no reason. I'm my hands aren't even on my phone. My phone's undercover. But you know, thank you for confirmation. Thank you for confirmation, and I'll continue right on what I was doing. We just thank you, and we know that you have the capacity to change. As I was saying, 
minds and hearts to turn uh, 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 turn them toward you. <clears throat> and so we just ask that you continue to strengthen her, that you continue to fortify her, that you continue to um, give her the strength and the capacity to serve you the way that she is already doing. And we ask that you just break off any yokes and chains that may be necessary for her to walk in the fullness of the destiny that you have on her life and and that she, too, uh, continues to be a beacon of light in her office and that she keeps it on an even keel, that she uh, does not respond or react in a negative way to the foolishness that goes on. And we ask that at the end of the day that she be the force, that she be the stronger force that will pull the others in the right direction. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miss Felicia, you still there? Yes, ma'am, I'm still here. Right over there, is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, nothing at this point, no ma'am. Okay. All right, no problem. All right, is there um are there any other prayer requests before I pray for the big man? Does anyone and more importantly, does anyone else feel led to pray for anyone? Because sometimes we may feel led, you know, individually to pray for certain people or certain situations. Does anyone feel moved? Does anyone feel led to pray for anyone or any situation or any entity or anything like that? I would like to open the floor up to that right now before we begin our wrap-up. Of which you have like about eight minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. All right, well, I'm going to pray for the big man. <laughs> you still there? Sir? Samuel? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. All oh, right. Yeah. Me... Huh? I said he sounds so thrilled. I know, um, right? You must be paying some bills, writing some bills or something. You know, that's usually when people sound like that. Hmm. Uh, All right. Heavenly Father, today, this morning, we lift our fearless leader, Samuel, up to you. Uh, We thank you, you know, as every day we do thank you for him. We don't want him to ever feel taken for granted. We don't ever want to take him for granted. So we just want to, when we do pray, not just for him, but for each other, we want to thank you because, you know, it is, it could be that we not be in each other's lives. And so we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for, for his obedience. We thank you that as he moves about through his day every day, that uh, we just thank you that you have have kept him and that you have kept his mind, that you have kept him in a place to continue to be uh, obedient because I am quite sure that on more occasions, 
<clears throat> on more occasions than not, then it would have been easier just to chuck it and just say, you know what, I got too much going on. I don't have time for this. I can't take all my stuff and somebody else's stuff too. You know, I don't need to be spending hours on the phone. So we just thank you because that's, that's, that's a special anointing. Everybody doesn't have the wherewithal to do that. Everybody wouldn't have the stamina to do that. Everybody wouldn't have the focus and the, and the concentration to do that. that is, and that's amazing. And so we just thank you for planting those nuggets down in his spirit. And and we do want to take this time to thank you that things are well um, with this with his home situation, and we will just leave it at that. We thank you for uh, uh, the opportunity um, for him to move on and to be able to concentrate on other things, other endeavors, other ventures. And so we thank you for that peace, that, that, that manifestation um, of your promise, and we thank you for the peace of a little sliver, you know, the nugget of peace that that um, situation being uh, uh, delivers for him. We we are praying for him as a son. We are praying for him as a leader on this line. We are praying for him as a father, as a brother, as as and then also just as a light to those that who uh, those who come in contact with him, the people who work for him, even the people at the stores and so forth. But we know that it transcends just this line, and it transcends just this household. His his light um, goes out into the world. Excuse me, out into the world, and we ask that it continues to be so. Over the years, he's ministered to so many people. Over the years, so many uh, lives have been touched as a result of his, as a result of just him living his life, and so. Today, uh, that is our prayer for today. Yes, yes, yes. That's our prayer is that He His light continues to shine. We know that yes, we're praying for Him to get through His situations and for finances to be right and all of that. Yes, but our specific focus of prayer for today is that His light continues to shine, that it continues to transcend the four walls of His household that it continues to transcend just this mind and the lives of the folk on this mind, but that it shines so brightly that it increasingly becomes luminescent so that he has a massive effect on those in society at large because we just prayed about how much we just discuss how much it is needed in society, how much the light is needed. So we pray for his 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 uh boldness and his continued courage to just minister to those that he comes in contact contact with in society uh, uh at large in that his ministering touches someone who touches someone who touches someone who can be in begin to create uh the much name. The much needed change that we all desire to see in a world that seems to have just spiraled out of control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
All right. Any more prayer requests? Prayer requests going what? Prayer requests going twice. All right. I request oh to thank you all for allowing me and indulging me on Wednesday mornings for these past months. I have enjoyed it. I have grown. It ain't over. Huh? The party ain't over. Prove me. It oh, ain't sorry. I thought over. it was the I thought it was 90s Teddy Riley. My bad. And we are God. Mm-hmm. We are God. So I, I really, and you know, the thing is, I, well, I wouldn't be able to, because I was going to say I could pop, I could kick it off, because you know I'll be up if I'm going to work. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be able to kick it off on Wednesdays, and I, but I don't know, you know, it'll be, you know, it might be choppy, you know what I mean? Like I don't know what, what the situation may bring. I don't know what. Um, and I, I never do myself, dear. So you can go ahead and kick it off, dear. Okay, well, I guess this, the party ain't over. I guess Teddy Riley was wrong. Wow, you called the media. That's... Hello? Hello, yes. How are you? I'm fine. Thought I uh-huh. would get uplifting this morning. Okay. Okay, I'm um, okay, I think we have a guest on the line, Sam, uh, that wants prayer. Yes, dear. Okay. And your name is? Mary. Mary? Yes. Okay. Sam? Sam, can you hear me? Okay. Hold on, Mary. Sam.
Okay, I'm back. I'll do it. Okay. Because I'm Thank not you. sure. Okay. Ma- I know Mary? Out, so he might be driving. Oh, okay. All right, hello, Mary. How are you? I'm doing okay, honey. Good, good. Is there a particular uh, request that you have, or would you just like, you know, just kind of a general Well, I've been struggling with my health, and I'm also having problems with uh, people trying to break in my house. Break in your house? Yes. Oh, my. Oh, okay. All right, well. All right, let's let's go for it. Gracious and Heavenly Father, before you, we lift before you Miss Mary. Uh, today she has has voiced some concerns. She has um, some things that she would like to bring and put on the altar this morning. Father, we just, number one, in terms of someone, <clears throat> someone, um, breaking into her, her house, we just ask for a hedge of protection around her, around her home, around her family, um, just so that no hurt, harm, or danger comes to her. Um, we're not sure why they are doing it. It doesn't even necessarily have to be because they want something uh, material or physical from her. Some people just like to do things to try to scare or intimidate people or or make them feel uncomfortable. So at at any rate, we know that you know why this thing is occurring. And so we're just asking that you put, uh, again, a hedge of protection around her and that you put a stillness and a calm in her heart so that she is not afraid, so that she is not afraid of, of whomever might be coming against her and her house. And and in addition, we just ask for a change of heart of those who are trying to come up against her. We we, we ask for a, a change in in the heart of those individuals as well, so that they um, no longer have a desire to to do any harm unto this woman or her family. In terms of of her health, we are just uh, we know right now that 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 can be done. That can be done at the snap of a finger. We know that you are all-powerful, and we know that you know everything that is going on with her. We do not know specifically the issues that she's having with her health, um, but you do. And so we just ask that you just go and touch her body right now, that you just cleanse everything out uh, that is not of you, anything that is causing uh, problems, anything that is causing hurt, harm, or danger to her body. We ask that you just remove it right now and then, you just go in and do an entire and total cleansing that you just make all things new, that you restore and heal. And we also ask that you heal uh, any any emotional or spiritual damage that may have been done as a result from her physical illness because we know that when people are, are, are physically ill, um, it can wear on our emotions and it can wear on us spiritually. So, again, we are asking for an entire and whole cleansing and then for you to put a cocoon uh, around her so that sickness may no longer be able to invade her body and that she walks in the peace and the healing that is you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, good people. Any more prayer requests? Do we have any prayer requests? Any more? All right. Prayer requests going once. Prayer requests going twice. Oh yeah, that's why we were in, in um uh, and it seems as though um Pastor has a has duly stated, has duly decreed in all the kingdom that I will at least be kicking off prayer on Wednesday. I will um all I can do is just you know, I I'll do what I can because I don't know what Wednesdays are gonna look like. I'm not sure if I'm gonna have before care, um you know, or, or whatever have you, or exactly what time the children will start arriving at school. But I definitely, um, I definitely, um, 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 hello. Plan to, yes. I'm so sorry, honey. I, I muted my phone because my dog started barking. And I went to unmute it, and I accidentally hung up. Oh, no, that's okay. Did you hear your prayer? Yes, and I just wanted to thank you so much. It, it's a, oh. a comfort to me that, that you would take out time to pray for me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And and anytime you want to call in and get prayer, please feel free to do so. That's what we're here for. That's why we're here. We have to pray for one another, and we have to be there and support one another. Absolutely. Well, I didn't want you to think that I just got the prayer and hung up. I had to thank you. No, that's okay. What's happening with my health is um, I have uh, a bad sinus infection, and it had drained down into my ear. And I lost my hearing in my right ear, which I have been uh, putting frankincense and neural on it and praying, mm-hmm. and I received hearing back in my ear, but I'm still Amen. having problems with the uh, sinus infection, and it's draining into my lungs, and I'm waking up gasping for air. My lungs are mm. shutting down. Oh, no. Yeah, so okay. I'm really start struggling, and... I do believe that a lot of the stress of the people that are coming in my yard at night and trying to break in uh, are contributing to it. But, you know, I've been going through this for 13 years with the uh, harassment and the break-ins. So, I mean, that that is part of why my health is uh, down because it just never stops. Ever since my husband passed away, I've become a target for these people in the neighborhood to uh, uh. vandalize and and steal from me. And they were out there the other morning, and my dogs heard them. And I went out, and my one dog ran around the back of my building, and they fed her something that poisoned her and made her very sick. They poisoned oh, my, my dogs all the time. Oh, dear. 
And this is my third set of dogs. They've killed two of my dogs already. Ah. So it's just constant. Uh, the last dog that I buried, and the people right across from me are involved with this whenever I leave my home, they call somebody and let them know that I'm gone. And uh, the last time I buried my last dog, they all stood on their porch laughing at me while I buried my dog. You're kidding me. No. No, they get pleasure from my pain. Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. Unfortunately, that's that's the world that, that we live in, that people yeah. get pleasure from other people's pain because... Because people are in pain themselves, the only way that you could possibly derive pleasure from somebody else's pain is because they're in pain themselves. You know, if well, you are a, a healthy person, they attack me because I'm a Christian, and I have uh, seen them. They are Satan worshippers. I have seen them do bomb fires and rituals, and they drive past my house and throw the sign of Satan at me. So they hate me because I'm a Christian. Yeah. But that's okay. I wouldn't have endured this long if I didn't have Jesus Christ holding me up and protecting me. And that irritates the crap out of them. (laughs) Uh, um. You know, but I, you know, I know I have angels of protection and that the Lord protects me. And, you know, and I understand that my animals are with him now, so... You know, and my husband. So I just, but I I just love it when I have somebody else help pray with me. And I just want to let you all know that I I appreciate that you took the time. Well, you know, anytime you want to call in and and give prayer. And I'm going to mute myself now, honey, and just listen, okay? Okay, well, we're actually getting ready to get off of the um off the call now. Um the call's pretty much over but um you know again if you would like to um you know call in anytime please feel free to do so. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Miss Mary. You have a great day, honey. Yes, you too. God okay. bless you all. All right, you too, dear. All right. All right, so um, apparently I'll be, you know, still doing the call sometimes, at least starting it off, at least kicking it off. All right, so if there is nothing else, young people, I would like to bid you all a fond adieu. Okay, enjoy, have a blessed day. Amen, y'all too. All right, bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.